You either is or you ain't You do or you don't You can or you can't Or you will or you won't Either way, baby, a good man Well, he's hard to find Welcome to the One More for the Good Guys podcast, where good guys gather to shed light on the good life, the people, and the good things that make it that way. I'm Mike McGill with my co-host, Jamie Akins. Now, raise your glass, lend us your ear, and let's have one more for the good guys. You either is or you ain't, you do or you don't, you can or you can't, or you will or you won't. On today's guest episode, we have our friend and soon-to-be yours, Mark Dunn, local drummer and Maryville native, as well as former drummer for George Jones. Mark's got charisma-filled stories forever and also has a new book coming out about all the memoirs of his adventure-filled career. Without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mark Dunn. Are we are we on? Are we right? Yeah, hey, is, it, is this is this on? Yeah, is this is test testes one two. Yeah, it's, it's testing one two three. You got? I'm gonna kick off with three steps, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, we we did a show with Hank Junior at the Coliseum, mm-hmm. and probably eighty one. Oh and, yeah! Uh, oh my gosh! It was it was. I've told you that story though before because it's the uh, Merle Haggard, the way I am. Story oh yes, on the motorhome. Yes, in front yes. of the Hyatt. Yes, uh, with your family waiting. Oh yeah, to hear you play John, on oh, the big man, stage. It, it was. We, we we may get back to that. Yeah, we may sure. get back to that. Hey man, here's the deal. Just uh, I just want to I just wanted to see you, talk to you. Uh, we were talking earlier. Uh, if you don't know everybody, we'll just put this in there. I don't know if we'll. I mean, we'll obviously keep it, but uh, we won't cut this part out. That would be kind of stupid. But it is our first one, so we might Yay. fuck up. Don't judge me. <laughs> You know, hey, it's it's uh, 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 you know I'm either I guess I should either really be honored that that I'm the first one, yeah, or or realize you may just be desperate. <laughs> We're totally desperate. <laughs> I'm not lonely, but I'm desperate. desperate. <laughs> so you'll be. Uh, hey, you'll get to leave that way. Okay. If I was lonely. Okay. okay. Oh okay. boy, <laughs> what that would be. <laughs> hey. uh this is one more for the good guys, our special guest. Very first episode we've ever going to do, uh, we did. We are doing is uh, today. What's the date? We should remember that. Today is just in case. May 9th. It may live in infamy. My God. Of another, of a um, better sorts. But um, our guest today is my friend, our friend, and soon to be yours, I hope, Uh the legendary Mark T. Dunn. Marcus, how are you? Let's friend? not push it too far. <laughs> I, I, I don't know about that. Thank you, Michael. You're a legend to me, buddy. Shoot, man. I appreciate you asking me out here today. Yeah, well, you know, it's been forever. Uh, this this whole thing, as we were talking earlier, we visited for a while and, uh, you know, tuned the band up. So, uh 
that was good. But, uh, you know, as we were talking earlier, it's just, uh, we just, I just wanted to see some people, man. I hear you. And get that recorded in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've written some stuff down and some things, and I've thought about different stories and all that shit, and I, I think about them, and uh, I'm like, man, you know, and I've been telling half-assed versions of them forever. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, making money on a microphone and singing and all that sh- uh, stuff, and um, but I always thought to myself, boy, if you ever just went back and kind of wrote them down a little bit, worked, worked them out just a little bit. They would, you could really tell a good story then, or at least I go. think I would. There you go. Oh, no and, doubt. Uh, let's face it. That's all that matters. Wow. <laughs> um, but any rate, so that's what it is, man. Just wanted to see you. How you been? Doing okay. Yeah. Doing okay. It's, uh, you know, these last couple of years, it's been a trip. It has been. But, yeah. uh, you know, there was, there was a lot of, a lot of, uh, Unhappiness, but there was a lot of happiness too. Yeah, uh, my son uh, got married uh, in twenty twenty one. Yeah, and, uh, out on the left coast. Oh man, that's, that's my coast, baby. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, uh, that's where I. That's we talked. Where I'm to, comfortable. We talked a couple of <laughs> nights while you were out there, and uh, before you went, and all that good stuff. And, uh, uh, yeah, it was out in I, Joshua I know Tree. You were though, looking for and, it. Yeah, and, it, uh, it was. It was a. It was a wonderful. My daughter in law is just awesome. And that's so great. Yeah, we got to meet her. And Priscilla. Him. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, was a Romeo show one night. Yeah. That's. Uh, I can't remember exactly, exactly right. where. It was Barley's and Maryville. It was Barley's and Maryville. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I think someone had Barley's and Maryville. Huh? Formerly Barley's. Formerly. Formerly. Yeah. 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 I knew that now? wasn't going to work. I Big Tit Brewery that. or what is it now? <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. Shitty room with uptight, round tables. Uptight. Blue Tick. Uptight Blue County. Tick. Yeah, something, something like that. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah. Blue Tick it, Brewery. It, uh, but no, it's. Pizzeria it's, and Brewery, I think. I don't know. Yeah, um, it's up there in Maryville. Oh, yeah. My hometown. Of course. Yeah, you grew up in Maryville. Why? Didn't hell you? yeah. We ain't gonna get into all that. <laughs> yeah, we get into all We're that. We're at Maryville. But, but before I forget, I am real close to getting through with the book. Uh, nice. I'm talking like we're we, we're getting real close. No shit. So. Uh, uh, Everybody, Man. everybody, keep your ears open. Uh, yeah, yeah, for, yeah. For news in the hopefully near future. Well, we'll tell them. We'll tell everybody about it here and on social media and all that stuff. Um, well, I'm unfamiliar with the book now. So, well, uh, we'll let Mark tell you about it. I was getting ready to tell you all about it, but <laughs> he's our guest. He's our guest. So, uh, um, well, no, I found out about this book. What? Me oh, personally, five, six years uh, ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah. It was a while ago. Six, I, maybe seven. Yeah, I started on it in, or I started uh, seriously on it in 2012. Yeah. But then I think I met JC and you in 2015. Does that sound right? That sounds right because Cubs won the World Series in 2016. And that's like during that time frame, it's like. Yeah, that was sixteen. Yeah, we won the. Yeah. We won the. We won the. Well, we won something the that comes one. along every every century. You got to mark down as a as a you know one hundred eight. Yeah, century. Don't you don't you get all century ish. Mm. This is not a good way to start out. <laughs> you know, talking about times being fucking tough. <laughs> oh, 
But oh, you know, man. A Yankees fan, for Christ's sake. Oh, God. Jeez, oh, Pete. Oh, God. Well, my Kings got knocked out of the hockey uh, deal the other day, so. Yeah. Uh, who's who's left? Fill us I'm, in. Who's, what's the, well, I, I'm, I was thinking about that the other night. I'm so. pulling for Mark's the Florida Panthers. Fan. Okay, so they're still in it. Yeah, and Priscilla's mom tips my daughter-in-law. Right. Tips why? Her mom lives just about across the street from the arena that no they play kidding. down in Sunrise. Yeah, oh, outside gosh. of Fort Lauderdale. So, uh, and it's funny too. The the Maple Leafs, who uh, Florida's playing, that was always my favorite Canadian team. Oh, Toronto. Yeah, and the Maple uh, Leafs. We played at least twice. Uh, up in Maple Leaf Gardens, the old Maple Leaf right. Gardens. The you know, I mean, man, it'd take your breath away. Was it you, wooden? There was. I mean, it was. You know, old there was a hell. lot of those it old ones old that were all the yeah. structural stuff was wood. Uh, Keeble sent me a picture of one from out in Utah somewhere. I believe it was Utah, but it was um, you know, it was this big arena. Uh, well, you know, whatever you want to call it. I don't know, auditorium, coliseum, whatever. But it was uh, all the structural stuff in it was wood. Yeah. Big fucking timbers, you know, that they had laminated and bent and all this crazy stuff. And I was like. Uh, you know it was cool. Holy cow. Yeah, and he's up there hanging from the roof taking pictures, <laughs> sending to me, you know, from somewhere out west. Oh, so, God. any rate, I interrupted you. No, The no, Panthers. No, it, it, uh, and the Maple Leaf uh, Gardens. Yeah, that that the original uh, Maple Leaf Garden. Well, and then that got me thinking of just places that I remember one day, and this is this is kind of you know it's just the way it is. After you do that, especially when you're on the road for years at a time. Yeah, I was with George for seven years. Yeah, but and that was full years. Oh yeah, that wasn't like you know you <laughs> no, had. No, that was that. No. We're leaving for three months. No, you know? no, no, no. It no. was there. There was uh, boys be here at the bus. Yeah, that. You know, I was... Uh, or we're it, headed your way. We're picking you up. It was... Uh, well, I got I got, I got got off my thought there. Oh, back to the arenas, though. That's yeah. that's what I was going to say. We were... Uh, I knew we were in Detroit, and we'd been... You know, we'd been working hard. We, was, we, we'd do 110, 115 days a year. So would that have been... Were they still playing in Cobo Hall, or were they in the well, Joe at that point? hang on, hang on. Okay, all right. Hang on. Shut the fuck up. Hang yeah. on. God damn, you ain't coming to my place telling me but once. Well, I'm, try- I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make this thing good, Michael. Hellfire. Uh, Fire away there, Turbo. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but at times... Uh, you'd forget that you were playing, you know, for a, a you know, top-shelf... Artist and that you were going to be in front of eight thousand people tonight. Yeah. You know, at times, if you you know, it was just another job. Yeah, and, that, I and, tell people and, that a lot, man. They're, exactly. they're just like exactly. Oh, you must loved it, and I said, yes, I absolutely more than loved it. I mean, I'm I feel incredibly thankful and for all the stuff I've got to be everywhere, man. And I never thought I'd oh, ever yeah. be able to do that or yeah. be able to. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's, but it, but but it so, becomes, so, it becomes, and how many times you heard us say this on the road when we're playing and stuff is like, time to make the donuts, you know? Yeah. You're like that motherfucker <laughs> on the TV commercial, man. And that's lost on the new generation, Time man. to make the donuts. I say it all the time, that, and people don't know what yeah. the hell I'm talking about. Well, somebody, I think it, that's what I always thought about, and then they'd ask me, you know, and I was like, 
All right, he's ever seen that commercial, you know, the Dunkin' Donuts, the the old fat guy getting up every morning. Yeah, Mario. Time to make, yeah. yeah. Time to make the donuts. But those gigs become well, donut gigs, and, and, you know? And so, so to me, it's, it's an afternoon. I know what you're talking about. And uh, I don't know if we'd finish sound check or what, but uh, I was poking around and I just kind of looked through one of the, uh, uh, from the, from the, hallways from the concourse into the arena and and the first thing that caught me was this banner that was hanging up and and i then it just dawned i said this is fucking joe lewis arena there you go the joe this man. is this is where the detroit red Wings. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and i thought damn that's cool as shit did you ever play and the so, old boston garden no Oh, man. I always wanted to go there as a oh, kid. Oh, man. Had that parquet floor. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Lou, right over there. There's the green converse right there, man. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I used to love watching CBS basketball. Tommy Heinsohn, we've talked about that a million oh, times. Yeah. John Havlicek. Oh, yeah. Uh, we were, uh, you know, our heyday was... The Robert Parrish. 79, yeah. 80, Bird and Magic, yeah. you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. Parrish. Yeah. Uh, Kareem. McHale, DJ. Dennis Johnson, man. Nobody gave that guy enough credit. Yeah. Kevin McHale. From yeah, Pepperdine. I remember, yeah, I remember him. Pepperdine. Man with the longest arms in the fucking world, Kevin oh, McHale. Magic Johnson uh, gave him credit, said he's one of the hardest to, that defenders he ever yeah, played with. Yeah, they always uh, uh, always talked about how tough he was in the post. So, But hey, this so... Cha- this chair is killing me. Is it awful? Well... <laughs> it's going to be okay. But I, I need to tell the story, though, before I forget yes. it. This chair is associated with one of my heroes, the master of space and time, the great Leon Russell. Oh, hell. Uh, I was a junior in high school. Oh, shit. It doesn't have anything to do with this chair, but it was 72. <laughs> and um, Leon played down at uh, Stokely Athletic, oh, Athletic Arena. And Stokely. so, uh, man, a couple of... Of the Maryville gang came over, and it's probably the greatest rock and roll show I ever saw in my life. Really? I mean, he came out like a Baptist preacher. And, it was 72. And, and what? It, what uh... It's when he, uh, Reverend Patrick Henderson was playing with him, who was a gospel dude out of Dallas. Yeah. And these three girls that were in, in Patrick's church, they came out too. And uh, it, it was it was amazing. Carl Radle was playing bass, and wow. uh, it, it was uh, as good a band as as Leon. Well, man, people don't understand. Uh, uh, that guy played on every. When oh they, man! When but, people say they played on everything, are they talking about like Leon Russell everything? Because he played yeah, on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. TV, yeah, movies. And I mean, even, you know, this Diamond Ring, Gary Lewis, yeah. uh, the old stuff. Session Boots players. Boots made for walking and, and Yeah, uh, before he even, and then he, I guess, finally, somebody was just like, hey, I've been doing this all this fucking time anyway. Why don't I well, and then put what he solo did, stuff out? But what he did with Joe Cocker with the Mad Dogs. Oh, my I mean, gosh. I, that was, he was just brilliant. Says enough. He, he was really? just a, he was a, but, so I liked the dude early on. Yeah, yeah. Early on. He, of course. And he did one in, a, in like, a 71 uh, called the Asylum Choir. 
Okay. And, and yeah. oh my gosh, it had some it had some Lulus on it. Yeah. It had some very caustic uh, anti-war songs oh, and yeah. stuff. Of course, Vietnam was raging at that point. Of course, yeah. But anyway, let's fast forward. Many, many years pass by. I'm living back in Tennessee, and I hear that my old boy Leon Russell's going to be coming to Maryville. And this was 2014, so we're now looking at nine years ago. Oh, shit. And I thought, damn, I've, I've got to go. Yeah, of and course. so uh, I did, and... Um, Andy Morton, a bass player buddy of mine, met me down there, and I had one of these camping chairs. Yeah, uh, for you all that don't you know. You know, where your ass hangs way down. <laughs> <You're> just, <laughs> and so uh, we were going to eat some barbecue or eat before the show, and we did. But before I left the parking lot, before I locked up my vehicle, I ate a bunch of chocolate. Oh, hell. And, and I ate too much. Masculine? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. No, it it was it was uh shrooms? No, no, just regular chocolate chocolate. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, uh, can, uh, cannabis chocolate. Okay, just uh, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. Hell yes. But I, I'm uh, with you. So I, I can't uh, trip anymore. Okay. It's 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 uh but anyway, I ate too much. Uh-oh. And uh we had our, our meal, and everything was okay. And I can't remember who the opening ba- band was, but we, we got seated in our chairs. <laughs> and, and to my right, there was a man, and I, and I assume his wife or girlfriend or whatever. And they were kind of in these similar type chairs. Yeah. And so uh, the uh, the opening band finished, and, and I thought, well, I, I'm going to go uh, get me a beer before Leon comes on. Because that always helps. And I stood <laughs> up, and <laughs> the next thing I know, I'm That's I'm on wrist. that lady's chest. I had fallen. Oh, I had shit. just collapsed into her. Yeah, yeah. My legs gave way on me. They just didn't and, work. I had my legs not work on me one night. And I thought, well, is I've her husband? That happened multiple times. I, I could not make them work. Uh, well, mine weren't worth a shit at that moment. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I, I thought the guy's probably going to slap me or something. Of course, yeah. And I'm, I'm saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I could hear people back there going, cut him off. Oh, <laughs> he had had a drop. Uh, but golly, every time, I guess the rest of my life, if I see one of these chairs, I'm going to think about that. Of course, But yeah. Leon got out there that night and lit it up. His voice was strong. Yeah. As, I, I couldn't believe How it. How old was he then? Oh shit! He was mean, born in '42. He was t- he died in '16. So all right, and I saw him in '14. Right, <laughs> so yeah, I so guess. '72 then. Yeah, according to this. Okay, <clears throat> so '72. So how was he then? '72. Okay, '72. So he he died. I in thought 16. that was right, but I was bad at fucking word problems <laughs> and math. Okay. <laughs> Damn, man. You got two Leon Russes. Fucking show is this. Did you ever hear Cher tell the story about him out in L.A.? That uh, when he was late for that session that day? I don't day? think so. And, um, you know, they said his hands were so, that he could he could get so many octaves on oh, the piano. Yeah. Huge. That that, uh, that that really made him valuable and stuff. Well, I imagine But she said that this session was going and Leon was late. And... Uh, <clears throat> So 88, right? 88 keys, and he yeah. can play all of them. <laughs> That's pretty and he had big hands. For you want to hear the share story or not? Of course I do. <laughs> hey, again, I miss you, man. Okay. Uh, 88 uh, keys. 
<laughs> so, so marijuana. The, the door too fi- much. The door finally opens. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Leon walks in, and the studio's filled with players, musicians, and Cher uh, said he took his time getting over at the piano, and he sat down, and and it wasn't Phil Spector. I don't know who was producing that day, but they. Uh, they said Leon he was busy killing someone. <laughs> they said Leon, do you uh, do you have uh, any idea what the word respect means? And Cher said that Leon said, uh, "Do you have any idea what the words fuck you mean?" <laughs> and stood up and walked out of the studio. And uh, I thought that was a pretty cool story. Absolutely. Leon was, and actually, I guess it was, uh, I'll hope. It, it's it was probably like, you ain't never done TV before or whatever they were doing. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. You know, I, uh, I guess it was probably two years ago, I was visiting Tip out in L.A., and uh, my son lives in Los Angeles. And I said, man, let's go up to the Hollywood Hills. I want to find Leon's old house. I had the address. And... Um, uh, it was 7900 Skyline Drive, and he called his studio Skyline Studios. You'll see some of the albums that he did, That's right. you know, during yeah. during a lot of that. But we uh, we went up to the house, and there was a, like a work truck kind of in the yard. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, man, something's not. And, and not long before that, I had seen where a real estate agent had listed it. And everything still looked the way Leon had had done his remodeling to it because he wanted, you know, make a studio out of it and everything. But so we start walking up towards it, and this guy comes around the corner, and he's like an exterminator. And he said, uh, he said, yeah, we're going to have to tarp it and uh, exterminate it. And he said, they, they've gutted the inside. I said, oh, no. He said, well, not completely. He, he said, do you want to look in? And I said, do you know whose house this was? And he was—he wasn't a young guy, but he wasn't as old as yeah. me either. And uh, I said, "This is where Leon Russell lived." I He's said, like, he, "Who the fuck's Leon Russell?" Probably. And I, I said, "You know, he—he uh, uh, he came here from Oklahoma." And I said, "He—he he was a, a popular dude in this town, and he did a lot of cool shit." Yeah. Back in the seventies, and he said, "Man, I got to look it up tonight." He said, "Look, go. I got to leave, but look through the place." He said, "Get you a brick or something." <laughs> and so me and Tip went inside, and uh, I mean, all the sheetrock, everything was gone. Uh, they wow. truly had, you know. But we could go upstairs to the second level and stuff, and it, it was, it was still just to me being a fan. Of course, it, it was just such a. So we went outside, and he had a big old backyard for Los Angeles, right? You know, uh, 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 but I, I found a piece of the. Uh, Stucco, and uh, and got it, and I said, "That's that's that's all I'm gonna take. That's all I want." Well, how so, cool, man! I made me a, a nice little kind of shadow box for yeah, you. Yeah, very uh, cool. But Leon was, uh, uh, you know, he could well, he, he could lived, do country, he could do jazz, he he could do for I, every, for everybody that don't know, he played on every fucking thing. You know, is that killing you? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, help yourself. Uh, he played on everything. Um, he was a part of those, um, 
the West Coast players out in um, Los Angeles for um, what was the fucking uh, the Capitol, right? When they had the big round building. Hey, what time did you get here? Mayday, mayday. (laughs) Cut him off. Yeah, cut him off. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that building still looks the same. It is Capitol, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I love about going out there, you know, visiting with Tipta. I mean, the whiskey's still there. The Palomino's still there. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, a few of the... and there's a, a what the, was the other one? The, the Palomino and then the uh, Troubadour. The Troubadour, yeah. Hey, folks! If you're looking for a cool, eclectic place with an outside patio, plenty of UT sports games, cold beer, and live music on the weekends, then look no further than one of our homes away from home, Trailhead Beer Market, located at 1317 Island Home Avenue in South Knoxville, Tennessee. Trailhead is South Knoxville's first beer market situated on the banks of the Tennessee River and in the backyard of the Urban Wilderness and Iams Nature Center. You can find more info on Facebook and Instagram about specials, live acts, and the goings-on, and be sure to tell them McGill and Jamie sent you and have one more for the good guys. I got a story about the Troubadour, actually. So in... Yeah, hell, it was probably in, it might have been in 2016 or 2017. I went my first year to Hawaii to visit Bob and uh, uh, Captain Bob. It's Bob with one O for all you bastards that need to know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> whoops. Whoopsie. Uh, but, yeah, we went out there to see Bob, and um, we met this guy named Freddie. And uh, I don't know, I'm not even sure if Freddie's still alive right now, but um a guy named Freddie Kaufman. And uh, he was one of the largest rock and roll promoters on the West Coast. And uh, this was a kid was from Wisconsin. He was adopted, um, you know, didn't have the greatest home life, and just fucking went out and said he wanted to do something in music, you know, and just started doing DJ stuff and this, that, and the other. Became the the big guy out west. But he had keys to the Troubadour, you know, and was, wow. and told yeah. us a bunch of stories about oh, that and uh, some crazy shit with, with uh, Waylon, <laughs> probably back about the time you were with George. Yeah. But uh, oh, I guess him and Jesse were on some kind of, uh, almost getting split up or something, you know, and uh, there was lots of cocaine involved. And uh any rate, uh, Freddie was one of the coolest dudes ever, but we got to hear a bunch of stories about this troubadour. Oh, and then Daryl Pewitt would always tell us, uh, you know, he had played out there with Tanya Tucker at the Palomino when she's like 15 or some crazy shit, you know. And, uh, and uh, uh, so, yeah, just tons of musical heritage out there. But Leon played on everything. He well, did I mean, every fucking thing. You know, uh, you remember when George Benson. Wrecking Crew. That was yeah. that, that uh, cast of musicians. When George Carol Benson. Kay and, uh, yeah, 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 she yeah. was playing bass. Playing the bass. And, and Glenn Campbell. Hal Blaine, of course, yeah, on drum. Well, I've got a damn Hal Blaine story. Oh, hell. Uh, <laughs> and, I mean, it's my only Hal Blaine. Uh, you know, I don't know the man. I never met him. You know, he's passed now, of course. But, uh, 
you know, of course, he truly played drums on everything. Every yeah, song. he yeah. was, uh, you know, from Strangers in the Night to Indian Reservation yeah. by, you know, yeah. he played on everything. But, and how, you know, you can't begrudge him for that. But he always struck me as a little bit arrogant. But, but anyway, uh, you seen the documentary, The Wrecking Crew? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. But uh, for all of our folks at home, if you haven't seen that, check that out. It's or if really, you don't know who the wrecking crew it's is, tremendous shit. Then, then you're then you'll understand Leon Russell better after this. Absolutely. And Glenn Campbell. And, and Glenn Campbell, and and just wherever <laughs> this goes. Uh, but here's uh, you'll like this one. You'll like this one. We're in Reno with with George Jones for either a week or two. I can't remember. It may have been two weeks because we had some off days. And so, and this was right when I first got with him. I mean, I'd been with him weeks. I hadn't been with him long at all. Right. And um, so on this off day, uh, George was supposed to go to Los Angeles and uh, and film like an HBO special or something. Right. And they were going to have, you know, all staff, studio music, whatever, doing the deal. Yeah, and so they brought Charlie McCoy from Nashville <clears throat> to be another the, uh, equal to the Wrecking Crew from this side of the yeah, the yeah, United States yeah. with that with they, the A team in Nashville. They brought him to be the Nashville liaison, and he and mainly harmonica, but he played everything, he play didn't everything. he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he played. Uh, that was him playing uh, Hammond B three on Easy Lovin' okay. by Freddie Hart. There you go. Uh, <laughs> There's you some more fucking. But one of the greatest songs, yeah, country yeah. music will ever, ever have. But so anyway, Jones is going to go over here and do this special, and right, you know, we we got kicked back, fooled around for a couple of days. So when Paul Ritchie, our manager, got back. And Paul's brother was George Ritchie, who was married to Tammy. And yeah. at that time, we were all working, George, and we were working kind of together and trying to, you know, do some bookings together, right. this and that and everything. But so uh, when Paul got back, I said, how did, uh, how did the, uh, how did the taping go? He goes, oh, oh that drummer. And uh, I said, <laughs> what? And I knew, it was, uh, I, I, I guess he had told me that Hal Blaine was going to do it. I said, what, what do you so mean? You he's, were very intrigued at He that said, point. well, he said, uh, the first three songs, uh, he played brushes on, on each one of the songs. And I'm sure, you know, George did Races On, or I mean, you know, a couple right. of tempo deals. Oh, hell, and he so Paul goes Jones was for sure. Paul said, after that third song, I went over to Charlie McCoy, and I said, Charlie, does that boy have any sticks? <laughs> and I laughed my ass. Oh off. my god! I, I said, "Man, what a!" Uh, and and you know, Jones, and that wa Jones wanted him to hit it. Uh, <laughs> hit that motherfucker! Uh, you know, Hal's protege, who was Jim Gordon, who's one of my heroes too, right. who killed his mother. Uh, sadly. Holy shit! You know, Jim just passed. No, I have no idea. But. Uh, Oh, we could do three hours on Jim yeah, Gordon. Yeah. We we won't do that tonight. But he he was, you know, but he was Hal's. He, he was protege. his protege. Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, you know, he played on Harrison's first album. He played on Layla. I mean, Jim. Oh, you know, hell. Jim was was fucking. Uh, that just, that was uh, he he was a, they, rec a, they recorded in Miami all that didn't they? Yeah, that yeah, Layla Layla, Layla, Yeah, Tom Dowd did yeah, all that. Yeah. 
So God, um, who wasn't on that fucking record? Oh man, you know that was Bobby Whitlock. That was one of, of Dwayne's car, right? Yeah, Dwayne, yeah. Dwayne doing the slide and stuff. So it, it'll that'll go down as much as Hal did, and, and I know Hal played Derek some wonderful songs, California Dreaming. But still, oh, when I look at what 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 Jim Gordon did, I tell you what else Jim Gordon played on was uh, Haggard's first album. Uh, not his first album, but after right. he signed with. Uh, Epic or whoever. Oh, he, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, the Epic. That had swinging doors and stuff right. on it, I guess. But that was Gordon playing drums on. He could he could play country good. Right. And later he played with I that. I guess he uh, could. I guess he could. If he J.D. Salver. And, uh, yeah. He uh, was probably a good jazz drummer, too, I imagine. He could I play imagine. everything. He could yeah. play everything. Jazz wasn't really his, his uh, he played on uh, Ricky Don't Lose That Number. Oh, well, that, there you that's go. Jim Gordon okay. playing on that. Well, you know, uh, I mean, on the he, string section of all that, I, all those uh, string section guys were big jazz players. Oh yeah, you yeah, know, back in yeah, the day. Yeah, and even so, uh, more even in this era as well. But you know, like all that early, early stuff, that yeah. Grady Martin shit and all that. Oh, yeah. You know, those guys. Well, were, and you know, and, and Haggard liked all that. Yeah, you know, he always had uh, well, oh, Don Belkin. Yeah. Uh, uh, Don Markham playing saxophone and yeah. stuff, and yeah, he loved all that that Didn't, Bob Will uh, stuff. And, the other and, guy, Mister Every Fucking Thing from Out West, um, um, Buck Owens, uh, well, Don Rich. Uh, uh, well, not, yes, to both of those, <laughs> but that's not who I'm talking okay, about. Okay, keep, um, keep giving me hints. Uh, Jim Burton. Oh, James Burton. James Burton. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I of course, couldn't, I couldn't get it out. You know, he was Shreveport. Yeah, you know, he he. But with Elvis and Haggard oh, yeah. and, and yeah. everybody yeah. out there too, yeah, one, another one of those guys. I met James one time. That's the only time. Yeah, Clyde introduced me to him. Our guitar player. Okay, we were down to Hall of Fame, uh, the motel. That's where we leave from a lot of times. Right, we park our cars, and the bus would meet us down there. Uh huh. But one, we were just going through the hallway, kind, and here comes James. Yeah, and he knew Clyde. Remembered Clyde, knew Clyde, and everything. How you doing? Yeah. That's about it. But golly. Well, just yeah. to be recognized, I guess. He 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 was uh he was the real deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. You know, and back to back to tele- Leon pink Telecaster. This may be a little bit I'm sure it was. You could have been a toddler or something, maybe. You remember a show called Shindig? No. Okay. Yeah, that that was I was born in seventy one. Okay, so. yeah. Yeah, this this is a little bit before that, but Leon was all uh, involved with that. It became a weekly, uh, like ABC program. There you go. And then when when I folk and everything uh, uh, became so popular, uh, Hoot Nanny came on. It was a weekly show, okay. but it was all folk. Right. Uh, it was all. Uh, but Shindig would have rock and roll, and, and that stuff. was here. Or that, that was out west. It was it was L.A. Okay, but Shindig would uh, uh, they had a house band and Leon James Burton and Delaney Bramlett were part Holy of it. Cow. God almighty, uh, <laughs> pretty good house band. And, yeah, you uh, think Chuck Blackwell, Leon's drummer from Tulsa, yeah. Chuck played drums. So I mean, they they they, they were fucking great. But uh, all those guys with Leon, you know, just yeah. uh, they they influenced me greatly because of that time period that I was. That live album that he did, that same show that I saw him do down here at Stokely. Right. Holy mackerel. It came out in 73, I guess, or four. It had three records in it, three yeah. albums. 
and that's the first time I, you know. Yeah. And Leon was that that stout at at that point. He yeah. could say, I'm, I'm going to release a three fucking album live record. And, you know, they said, you can sure, do it. You sure yeah. can. Because <laughs> you know, actually he had Shelter Records. He had his own label going at that yeah. time. So, now, did, which Freddie King uh, was on for a while. Oh, man. Um, golly, Freddie was a... Uh, hell, yeah. What's that? You were 71? Yeah. Golly, that's the year Dwayne Allman died. I hear sleigh bells ring. Golly, Freddie King. <laughs> I saw him three or four times down Bad motherfuckers what Freddie oh, King God. was. His brother, Benny, played for him. He played bass. Yeah. And Benny would wear a top hat, and he would do this deal where he cock his head to the left and the 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 top hat no. rolled down his arm and he'd catch it on the headstock no of his base. Shit. It was cool shit. as hell. God, damn. It was cool as shit. Coming in there swinging but, uh, dicks what them motherfuckers I'm gonna work doing, I'm gonna work Holy on that. Cow. I'm gonna I'm gonna work that into our show. There you go. Ninja you move. But now Freddie was uh, uh I yeah. I saw Muddy, I saw Willie Dixon. Oh wow uh, John Hammond Jr. Uh, I got to see some good blues stuff. Yeah, it sounds like it. But uh, I really liked Freddie King. Golly. Um, all were, those guys as well. There was a band that opened for him one night. Of course, he, he spent a lot of time in Dallas, and he would yeah. go down to Austin and play at the Armadillo World Headquarters. Okay. Where Waylon and Willie right. and, uh, and Commander Cody and all those, uh, right. you know, they do all that Austin stuff. But... Uh, you Cowboys know. and rednecks and the hippies all met up. Yeah, I wish we'd find out how they did it. No, we shit. need to do it today. Willie, I mean, uh, but anyway, no, don't, don't, he's hell, no, don't get Willie me. Willie is, but don't get me going on that. But one night, uh, I don't know, a little stem cell research. <laughs> Willie might come back, goddamn bionic man. <laughs> AI. Yeah. Oh Lord. Uh, yeah. Let's. But so this band's gonna. Is going to open for Freddie. He was playing up at uh, Alex Cooley's Electric Ballroom. That was right across the street from the Fox Theater, where Skinner did that live album. Yeah, and now the Fox and so, was in St. Louis and Atlanta, Atlanta, That's down right. on Peachtree. Yes, 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 yes. I used to walk up and down that road. I didn't have a car. I, well, you moved to Atlanta. Hell when? yeah. Hell yeah. I was a drummer without a car. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. You think that ain't Atlanta. damn tough? That's tough Son as hell. Of a bitch. I walked all it's over Atlanta. Three nights Georgia. in the Cock County Jail right there. Golly. Holy cow. But 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 Freddie was gonna play up the electric ballroom and, and me and my buddy said, We well, let's go up there and we did. And there was an opening act um called the Nightcrawlers. And they, I think someone said they're from Austin too. Okay. And, and, you know, blues. The only thing I remember about like them the that night was, uh, their, their, whoever the leader of that band was, he had on a Superman t shirt. Yeah. I, 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 for some reason, I remember that. But years later, someone said, You saw the Nightcrawlers? And I said, Yeah, I did. And, uh, they said, That bunch out of Austin? And I said, Yeah. They said, You know who was playing guitar, uh, don't you? And I said, no. Nah. It's Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh, my God. <laughs> I said, no, shit. Son of a bitch. And it makes sense. And so, I get, you know, I guess he, we were just waiting for Freddie to come on. Yeah. And that that was at the time that streaking was real big. People would take their clothes off. <laughs> a lot of the college students were doing it all over the nation. And Freddie was out there damn, I don't know, playing going down or something. All of a sudden, <laughs> these two foxes came out without a stitch of clothing oh, on. Oh, Lord. Circled him a couple of times and then vanished into the wings. <laughs> but, uh, Shit. Uh, 
Freddie. Why didn't that shit happen at our shows? <laughs> ah, fuck. I don't God, know. Right. He'd have these big old platform shoes on. people with and, abnormal and, growths and humps <laughs> and warts and shit. No, we got a lot of pretty people come see us. I know. Not many. I know. Not two titty angels that just show up like cherubs and then leave. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty special, yeah, man. It was okay. It you know, okay. you were uh, speaking of that and, and, and with Stevie Ray, there's a great uh, – documentary right now on prime or i don't think it's on prime i think you may have to rent it or buy it but uh it's uh jimmy and his story about him and stevie really his his uh, yeah brother. yeah and i think it's called a uh, brother to the blues okay and uh if y'all get a chance to check that out jimmy warwick was telling me about it and uh, a really really good show to watch so uh i mean even if you gotta rent it what else you gonna do of course you know brother Go Jimmy's eat taco bell and get fat don't well, do that yeah. just rent the blues thing it's good hell yeah it's good even for if you're you. already fat still rent it yeah it's still good for yeah, you that's what we do you'll do something you, good you know jimmy was in thunderbirds fabulous yeah. Thunderbirds, oh, yeah. which was a great band but yeah, he, they were he ain't no slouch himself. No, and I've heard a bunch of people kind of knock Jimmy. Oh shit! And well, I'm he, like, he, he, well, he's no Stevie Ray. He, he, well, he had sakes, a completely different style. A completely different style. You know, it. it uh, I mean, uh, Freddie was. I mean, shit. Um, uh, Stevie, Stevie, thank you. Um, Stevie was Albert King and Freddie King, oh, shit, and, yeah. and just. Pin up with it, man. It was different blues, totally different yeah. blues. I like Jimmy. I like I the Thunderbirds. Too. I did too. I did too. Tough you know, enough. They is, had the tough enough. That yeah, was quite. That record. was like that one had why get up on it and several. Yeah, yeah well, was, but what year was that? That was. That I'll was tell like, you what it was. It was eighty six. Okay, That's what I was going to say eighty six. Yeah. That was a. Yeah, uh, I would have been. I'd have been a sophomore. That was a pick and no. grin. Yeah, no, I'd staple. Been, maybe a junior. I don't know. That was one of the pick and grin go to CDs when we would we would demo PA systems. That was a Rick Wolf special. <laughs> that one. Yeah. And Toto, there was a Toto CD he'd use. And, oh Lord! And that's the way love goes, but Haggard. Oh yeah. That was the three CDs that he would use to uh, demo PA systems. That's how I got introduced to. Fabulous Thunderbirds and Jimmy and Leon Russell because Rick, being a piano player, yeah, you know, hell, I didn't know shit when I was I was twenty years old. He's like, man, you got to listen to Leon Russell. Well, Rick was one of those guys. Well, you he know, did. is he was he was probably like a Leon to us or whoever the the bass player equivalent would be with us, right? Uh, and just a heck of a good guy. Any and a, and a musical encyclopedia. Yeah, but he was like, "You need to check out Leon Russell." So I went out and bought that album that you're talking about with the three records on it. Okay, okay, it. yeah, yeah. And I remember coming back to Rick, and I was like, "I, I I'll never do that. <laughs> that. That guy's on a different level, man. He's just no. Hey, I've he got a, so totally. good. I've got a DVD of him doing those 1972 shows. Wow. Yeah. Oh wow. I, I'll loan it to both. Of, it's, it's heck yeah, man. I'd love intense. to see that. I bet. It's the same thing. He was in Charlotte either the day before or the day after Knoxville. I can't remember. It was something. But, uh, and on this DVD, it's got a lot of the Charlotte show in there. Was, and, and he had been nipping quite heavily. Right. Uh, 
He said, I am somewhat infirm tonight. <laughs> and But he still played his ass off. Was that featuring just more or less his kind of everything he had done up until that point? Or was that a specific no, pushing an no. album? Well, it, 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 he, it, he really only did it that, that one year, yeah. like 72, that summer. And like I say, he got, he got th- this black guy, Reverend uh, Patrick Henderson, uh, out of Dallas. Uh-huh. And... Uh, you know, Leon was raised in the church, like so many. Yeah, you know, rockers that that. that yeah, uh, but he too, wanted man. to. Uh, That's where I learned it. They 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 do they do some gospel tunes on the on the record. Right. Uh, you may remember Jamie. You know, he let he lets Patrick do a couple that he just he tears it up. Yeah. And then the girls just you know they're they're phenomenal. Uh, you know, oh. when he's doing Stranger in a Strange Land or, yeah. you know, some of his stuff, it's just out yeah. in the woods and, and you know, he, but he wanted to, I heard him say that he wanted to expose people to maybe some music that they had never heard before. Right. And he was so hot at that time period, you know, that he would work arenas all over the, the nation yeah. and sell them out. And, uh, and, and then, so then a year the later, this, this is crazy. A year later, I moved to Atlanta. And he comes down to the baseball stadium, and he's got this whole new deal. He had married Mary McCreary. That would have at, been Fulton County, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, the yeah. old stadium. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know, less than a year had passed since he lit it up. Right. And it was a whole nother ball game. A lot <sighs> of the players weren't with him. Right. It was a whole new deal, and I just so yeah that 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 whole that whole segment there seventy two seventy three. But once again, though, he was coming right off of, of Mad Dogs and everything, right? Uh, you know, he had, uh, uh, you know, he was Which, just so. Uh, he, and he produced for that our second friends, album. If you for, don't know, for is Cocker, yeah, the Mad Dogs album is one of the absolute. All time greats. Oh my gosh! All time yeah. greats. It'll be here when the world's on fire. You know, for- it's funny that Mark brought up Leon Russell earlier, because I was reading yesterday, and this is a quote for the for the listeners that, because in my opinion, Leon Russell's probably the most forgot about superstar. He could be. Period. He could be. This yeah, is a quote, very, and then I'll tell you. Well. I'll, I'll read a quote and tell you. Said it. The greatest musician, singer, writer, and entertainer that I have ever seen or heard is Leon Russell. Who do you think said that? Somebody that's every somebody that everybody knows that we've actually mentioned today. No, I'll say the Hag. I don't know. Uh, I'll say Paul McCartney, Willie Nelson. Well, if Willie Nelson says it, you probably are. Yeah, so. well, didn't Leon play on all that stuff down there with him, too? When he, they, he did a lot, yeah. A lot and of then, the family stuff. Yeah, and, yeah. and then, of course, then Leon did that and Hank Wilson's had, back. They had some kind of little deal down there, too. Not not just Austin City Limits, but they were doing, uh, wasn't they doing the... I've heard some stories, and I'm well, sorry I can't. Well, get see, it just I think right, some of that. I think that may tie into the Armadillo okay. World Headquarters. Okay, yeah, that that, so that, that well. was a, that was kind of like Ground Zero. Yeah, I think. right. And you know, and it, it, you never knew who was going to come in there. It could it could have been you know, yeah, man. Uh, you know, Bill, Billy Gibbons when he still was wearing those button ups. Oh yeah, and, and the hats. And, uh, uh, some of my favorite ZZ Top time right there. Oh man, when he was clean shaven. Now, I, I loved watching some of those um, clips. Uh, what was it? Uh, what Tejas was, uh, 
Or they did they did a live record from Dallas, didn't they? Didn't ZZ do a live record at Dallas? I, 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 well, Fandango, I can't remember. I think that they, was live, wasn't it? Yeah, well, like it was one, one, one side was live and one right. side was studio. Right. Best I remember. Yeah. And that live side, hell. the smart. live side kicked off with Thunderbird. Yeah. It was, it was wonderful. It oh, was wonderful. fuck, Just man. Smoking. Just Just got smoking. back from babies. Just got back from babies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, brown sugar. Son of a bitch, man. Um, Their first album was, was, well, everything they did, you know, it was, I mean, even in the 80s, I I, I liked them then. Oh, fuck, I wouldn't know who them some bitches was if I didn't have MTV, Mark. I wouldn't have known. I heard somebody shit on that one night at a bar, you know, and they're like, well, fucking ZZ Top, they sold their ass when they did that Eliminator bullshit. And I'm like, hey, cocksucker. I wouldn't even know who they fucking were if they wasn't for. That's right. Uh, got me under fucking pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Now you tell me that some bitch right there won't kick you in the ass, and make you want to drive fast. I, and love, I love them all. Beat up I some mailboxes or something yeah. silly. There's um, a documentary. Give me all your loving. Oh. And, uh, There's a documentary of them on one of the streaming services. I think it's Netflix. I, saw, I, I have seen that. One. Yeah. And it sounds. Uh, we had watched it a couple of years ago before the bass player died. Yeah. Dusty is, Hill. Yeah, Hank Hill's brother on uh, King of the Hill. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're just sitting around reminiscing basically like we are, but they're all sitting at their instruments playing, and they just start playing this groove, man. And we had it through the 5.1 system, whatever, and I was just like, my God, they get so much yeah. out of yeah. three pieces. Yeah. That little old band from Texas. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, uh, but I heard that stuff, that MTV shit, and was just like, okay, and I deep dived it. Yeah, I mean, but I never heard those records, Texas or uh, Tejas, and yeah, see, we were, you know, yeah, that we, shit like that. We, I didn't come up on that uh, Trey Sombrace and yeah. first album. Uh, my favorite, Deguayo. Yeah, I never, yeah. I never knew that. I wouldn't have known that existed if it hadn't been for. Uh, MTV ZZ Top. There man. was yeah. there were some boys in Nerville that went over one weekend to Charlotte, and I didn't go. I don't remember why I did, but they saw Top and and some. You know, this was probably been seventy one. Yeah, and uh, they came back, and on Monday at school, they they said, "Oh, these guys, were <laughs> they, they were unbelievable." And um, and so uh, they made I hated, so much noise for three pieces, man. Yeah, yeah, but. Uh, you know, and Frank, I never realized he had the problems he did. Yeah, I didn't know. Until I, I watched that. I don't think nobody knew anything about those guys. They kept it pretty yeah, yeah. pretty close to the vest the whole time they hey, were I'll doing tell you, it. I will give you a Joan story on this. And I saw him do this. Uh, Clyde said that, and this was probably a couple of years before I got the gig, but they were. I think they were going to do Austin City Limits or they were, they were <laughs> it was something in Austin. Yeah. And Billy Gibbons, Club, maybe? I don't remember, but Billy Gibbons It's a really out. small place, but that would have been somewhere you guys would have sold out for a fucking week. Billy Gibbons came out, and he wanted to just say hello to George. And, and, right. And, uh, you know, sometimes things like that would happen, and we sure. would usually take people to him. Yeah. You know, but uh, Clyde said that Jones was all fucked up. And, and he, he, he he didn't watch much TV. And he he kept he kept making Billy wait and wait and wait. And Clyde said after about an hour he he left. He fucking yeah, left. No kidding. And, and and I often thought, you know, 
when people ask Billy Gibbons about George Jones, you know, what was his, what would he say? We were over in England and, and Elvis Costello stood out there in the damn hallway for about 45 minutes. Jones well, made him stand out there before he should have waited three days. I, yeah. Well, it, <laughs> Billy Gibbons, the Reverend, shouldn't have had to wait. Well, I, but, I know. I, but, but, no, but I'm you know, whatever. You, man, when sure. He was fuck, when, well, there's when he some, was smashed, yeah, yeah, it, it was another, it was another universe. Well, it was you know, another damn. You've heard, and I'm not, I'm not taking up for. Of him. course not. But you know, when uh, you, we're, when you have we're just sweat, having fun when we say that about Elvis Costello too. Not really. I, I but, tell you what, so that song they did, "Stranger in the House." Yeah, it was a badass tune. Yeah, I'd like to hear somebody do it again. That would be a good one. You know, it was on that duet. Album. Revisit that, and uh. uh, uh well, sometimes what I was getting at, I was going to say earlier is, you know, I've heard this a bunch, and I've took it pretty tongue-in-cheek when I have met heroes of mine, and they didn't go just exactly like I expected them to. But sometimes it's good maybe that you don't meet them. Yeah. If, you know, and especially somebody that had the career that George had that was as great as he was, and then... uh you know, that's your shining moment with him. That's pretty, that's that's tough for they, some folks, you the know. The boys, I, they said that like in later years, I guess they would have these meet and greets or something. Right, yeah, they would I sell said, extra. shit. <laughs> George, I don't know about that. Right. Uh, I can't see him. Uh, hey, uh, hey, let's get to him. <laughs> well, I opened for him one time at the auditorium. Oh, really? Yeah, this band called me up at the store and said, hey, we need a piano player, and we're going to be opening for George at the auditorium. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. And uh, we didn't get to meet him, but we kind of got a hey as he walked by. Was that like 90 or 91? It was 97. Oh, well, okay. okay. Yeah. So he, uh, we showed up with all our gear, and... Uh, stage manager or somebody come up and said, what are y'all doing? It's like, we we came to, you know, we're <laughs> bust open. He said, yeah, but you're going to play their shit. I ain't had to, all I had to do is walk on stage, play their rig and walk off. Yeah. Guitar player and a bass player took their stuff, but that was it. Nobody else took another thing. And we, of course, we got booed because everybody, <laughs> that, well, it, the, uh, the band was okay. You know, it was doing. Was that the Making Friends tour? Or is that what that one was I, called? <laughs> I, and, you know, as he was coming on, we were walking off and, you know, he had people around him and he kind of nodded at us. That was all we got of him. But by that point, he was as sober as he was going to get, I guess, yeah. at, in his era of, you know. So, of sobriety. Oh, he, sobriety. He, yeah, he was like, you know, Santa Claus in those days compared yeah, oh, yeah. to. Yeah. Well, I'd say most of his financial success came in that era too, right? In the nineties. I mean, because he was. Well, I yeah, guess it, yeah, he stopped but, loving but, her, but, and then you know all that after. But talking about George and money, I mean, it. it you know, as I often said, if you lay a one dollar bill right here and a hundred dollar bill right here, and he looks at them, they ain't no damn difference. They're just they're they're to be spent. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know they 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 need to be spent. Yeah, they said and, he would just buy uh, cars like every other day or so, uh, and, and just if somebody yeah, you know leave five hundred dollars or something, you know, or just throw fucking a, a money clip 
in the fucking garbage. You, you just, and those were certain, obviously, certain times, different different days. Yeah, yeah. Like what we're talking it, about. It was a... Uh, it meant nothing to him. It, it was just, you know, as I often look back and think about it, I mean, it was just... I guess the the first show I ever did with him, the, the things didn't really didn't go well. Uh, as a band, whole, as a band, or just well, just just period, right, right. Like that whole West Coast thing was pretty damn. It was okay, right. Uh, the third show I did, the third night, the third show I did was in L.A. Uh, at a place out in Reseda called the Country Club, and I was just getting ready to go in. George was back in the stateroom, and everybody else was already inside. And the door opens up to the bus, and up walks uh, Emmy Lou Harris and Bonnie Raitt. And uh, uh, Bill Payne of Little Feet. Shit. And, and Andy Kaufman. He was the no fourth. No kidding. Andy was down. He was paralyzed. Oh, was, oh, oh shit. But, uh, you know, I just, I acted like I, you know, hey, how y'all doing? Uh, come right. on up here. Make yourself at home. I, You know, and I, hell, I was green as I damn gourd. Yeah. Uh, but, you know. Well, third it, show. It, it was, you know, it was just crazy. But uh, Jones, he, he he did really well that night. You know, there were times. And I, at that level, are the shows, I mean, it's obviously got to be a little bit different to you. I mean, your third show, you just open the door for those people. I mean. Well, well, really, the, the, the first night. I mean, we drove from Nashville to Bakersfield, California. Son of a fuck. That was going to be whore. my first show. What was that, like three days, two days? Uh, no, it wasn't, you know, they, Woody had, he had some helpers probably to <laughs> right. the driver. But anyway, I've got a hell of a good driving story, though. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but, uh, we, uh, we drive from Nashville to Bakersfield and it's at a, it's at a half mile, Speedway racing track called the Mesa Moran Speedway. It seated nine thousand people, and it was sold out. And um, we had there was an opening act that was on Epic Records, and and we backed them actually. But then it got time for us, and Tammy was going to close the show that night. And so as I walked up the ramp to the to the to the stage. I looked out and I mean, you know, I'd never played for that many people right. in my life. And I thought 9,000 them. And, uh, but as soon as, you know, we kicked it off, it, it was, it was okay. So, um, you know, were, were that, you nervous? No, 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 right? No. Walking up the ramp, I, I was a little bit. Right. But, uh, was there you know, ever a eureka moment of holy shit? I mean, no, yeah. no, and, and and I think that's partly because you know I didn't grow up playing country music. Right. I, I didn't know right. a whole hell of. I acted like I did. Right, I acted like I did. That's <laughs> that's how I've gotten through life. Pretty right, much, I got gotcha. you. I act like I know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah, but, well, everybody. But uh, you know, it was just a. Uh, you know, it was. I just kind of. I won't say I lucked into it, but right. but, but I did kind of fall into it. Right. Uh, What's the old deal? The harder I work, the luckier I get. Right, <laughs> right. But, but it, uh, you know. But I start back in town and everything. I started realizing, you know, I I've got one of the good gigs, right? Prestige wise, right. We might have not made as much money as Barbara Mandrell's people did, right? Or Kenny Rogers' people, but prestige wise, it was right up there with right. Waylon and 
and and Willie, yeah, and, and Merle, oh, and George, and so Jones. you know it, it uh, uh, you know, you know, and and the live performance that that was, and we've talked about this before. The studio was where I, I was not comfortable, right? Uh, the 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 you know the live stuff that didn't bother me at all. The right. first Farm Aid that was eighty five. Yeah, and we used the stage that they had used on Live Aid. And how and many thousand were there? There was eighty five thousand. Yeah, well, and and the stage it rotated. Right, and it was split, you know, across the middle, and you had you know uh, a back line facing one way and a back line facing the other way. So they would get one group set up, right. and, and then when the other group finished, they'd spin it around, and. Uh, while we were getting ready, Foreigner was playing. Son of a bitch. <laughs> I look through the curtain and they're doing, you know, hot blooded or oh, something. Oh, shit. And, and so, and they had, uh, I want to know what Love Is had just come, uh, was out. Oh, and that it was, was a, a smash hit. Fucking huge one. And, and so they had gotten this local choir from this church, this oh, black wow. church, to come up on stage when they yeah. did. They closed with it. Didn't they shoot the video with a choir too? Probably so. I believe so. Probably so. I, I think you so. may be right. Yeah. But I mean, live, it, it was just, it was amazing. Oh, I'm, and yeah. And so then they spun us around. And Willie walks up there and uh, Whiskey River take. Well, he, he he had on a cap and shit, and he said, "This next artist, uh, I forgot oh, what he to said." Introduce it was, you guys, yeah. Uh, sorry. But then you know, then he then he introduced us, and he's standing over watching us play and shit. And I thought, damn, that's pretty cool. What'd you kick off with? Uh, no show, Jones. No hell yeah. <laughs> well, and as we were walking up to the stage too, uh, Mellencamp, John Mellencamp was walking towards me. And he kind of just leaned over and stuck his hand out and said, Th- thank you for coming. I appreciate you coming. And wow. we had, you know, our polyester on and yeah, shit. Yeah. So he didn't know who I was. But, right. But he, but he, he knew you were, uh, you were a Jones yeah, boy. Yeah. David Allen Coe came out and sang a verse of uh, Tennessee River, or uh, Tennessee Whiskey. Yeah. Uh, uh, during that, uh, but it was, uh, and well, then the next year we did it in 86, we did Farm Aid again. Well, didn't they, they did the first one on MTV, right? It, no, it was on uh, TNN. TNN. It was on the that's National right, Network. That's right, that's right. Well, so here, let me finish this up. Yeah, this yeah. Is, this Please is funny, because I was starting to jump ahead. But so we get through playing, and I go down to the hospitality area, which was huge. Right. And I go to the, I was over at the beer, and the drummer for Foreigner was there, and we talked for a minute, and, and so... Uh, the next thing I know, I look, and way over here, I see this guy, blonde hair, kind of up, stick, and I realize that's Sammy Hagar, <laughs> and uh, and the so, Red Rocker. So then, and we knew he was, you know, he was supposed to be on the show and everything. And so then, a few minutes later, and we didn't have a lot of time because we were going to have to get back up to Chicago or something to get. To was fly with, back to Nashville. Was he with Montrose then? <clears throat> that would have been after Montrose. Sammy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, that, that was well after, after yeah. Montrose. Uh, but, uh, so. Probably uh, been when he had his. Well, it's when I Can't Drive 55 yeah, yeah. There was, you go. was, was right. hitting pretty okay. good. But, uh, I look again over at the edge of the tent and I said, oh, shit, that's Eddie Van Halen. Holy and it was. Butt. And so, uh, we had to leave very soon, but that night Sammy uh, kicked things off, and there was no delay on the on the feed. I've heard this story. Go ahead, and, go, go ahead. 
And of course, we were trying to get home and everything. But supposedly, Sammy said something like, uh, "Hell, you tractor driving motherfuckers!" Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and um, there was supposed to be a seven second delay. Thing. And yeah. they said that back in Nashville, at the you know at the home operation, <laughs> everybody that, having that, a fucking that, stroke. That somebody, Brenda, somebody said, uh, uh, "There, there's these youngsters are certainly enthusiastic." <laughs> <laughs> But then, but then Eddie got out there, and that was really when the the Van Halen, the New Deal, was going to begin. The Van so, Hagar. Uh, it was it was cool. But then the next year, '86, they were going to do Farm Aid again, and they decided we'll do it in conjunction with Willie's Fourth uh, of July picnic, which he has every year. Right. And so that's what they did. I think it drew forty thousand. I mean, it was it was of course a good that crowd. Was in, but was that in Austin? It was in Austin. Yeah, and 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 John, he killed it that day uh, george yeah all the all the youtube clips of that 86 he he we we sounded good that day right so um well, but, i guess you uh, have those days regardless you oh know, God, but, then, but hey. you know those good days and bad yes, days sir, but, hey. but then you know when you're just under um and, and you would never magnification you know, and was just, you, you just never knew. You know what was right. you know was the stomach hurting him because you know he was constipated. I mean, right. you know it. it uh, he just or he he would take to the stage something that he'd, he'd been pissed off about. You know, seven hours earlier. You know, he still wouldn't uh, couldn't let it go. You know, there'd be ten thousand people out there wanting to see their hero, and yeah. he, he'd put forth a you know kind of a half-ass effort, right? You know, and I hate it. He did that a lot of times, right? And I I, I didn't like it. Yeah, you know, there were times I'm I sure. just wanted to say, you know, hey, for forty-five fucking minutes, put forth a little effort. Yeah, you know, uh, but. Was but that the, but was that were, the consensus of the other bandmates, or was that kind of? Uh, or, oh no, I think they knew that. Yeah. No, I mean. It, well, no, I mean, like, they're what did they feel that same way as well? Like, are y'all sitting talking about this on the bus? Why, you know, hey, I wish the hell he'd have. Or did they know. have any? They've been doing it so long. They well, didn't. I mean, you know, when it was a shitty show, we right. all knew it. We, right. There was really not a lot of talking about it afterwards. Right, I got you. Uh, so that that it, says it was a more, lot. you know, alcohol and, and yeah. Let's 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 get. But it, but it just, you wouldn't, and then the next night, you know, it could be, you know, in, in Evansville, Indiana or right. something, and there'd be no reason for him to get out there and just fucking burn it up, but he would. Yeah. You know, and, and it, uh, but there was, you know, you just never knew with, uh, you know, what I found out early on, you know, it wasn't like rock and roll, you know. No. There, there wasn't going to be any technicians. You know, there was nobody right. to carry my drums. If they were going to get set up, my ass was going to set them up. Right. And I got to, this is terrible, but I got to where if there was a back line or, you know, I'd play anything that was out there. Of course. To keep me from having sure. to. Sure, lug I, all that shit. Why, hell, yeah, or if I'd been talking to some little queenie out there. You know, when hey, the show's over, I didn't want to be up there damn yeah, yeah. Tearing, tearing shit. Not working like I damn roused about. Not up there. Uh, but then later on, we did get a sound company that took care of our equipment. But it, 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 right. it was, uh, well, I played on a lot of wild ass. Oh, I'm sure. Crazy. Uh, 
And see, we didn't take, we did not take a sound company with us the first year. Right. Uh, so every night that we showed up somewhere, it was the promoter's uh, responsibility to to, to, ah, to get the sound. Right. So because of that, we would get just you know hoodooed many yeah. nights, and and that was what would set him off so badly. What was the one with the, the monitors? Uh, uh, the the. Out in uh, Reno, uh, I was somewhere. Yeah, where uh, where they squealed and he yeah, said, he never could get them. The guy couldn't get them right. Oh well, there, well, there was two of those instances. Okay. One night in Reno, we were having problems, and at first George said, "No, come on, don't be a, don't be a horse's butt." And the audience, they oh, they laughed and you know, kind of clapped. And so then a few minutes later, it was it was squealing and stuff. So then Jones goes, "Your horse's ass." To the monitor man. Oh, shit. And at that point, the crowd didn't laugh. And so then a few minutes later, he goes, uh, I guess what you know. can do is take those monitors and stick them up your ass. <laughs> <laughs> and hell, they started filing out at that point. They were going back to the casino at, oh, that, shit. at, at that point. But he, but then one night in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I think uh, this is the one. This, I think, yeah, <laughs> this was, he was, oh, he, he'd been tooting for, Couple of days, hadn't slept in two days. Yeah, and uh, they had a. We didn't have our own sound company then. And the monitor man was doing his best, and and Jones just tortured him all night long. Right. And towards the end, it seemed to be kind of okay. And the way it was set up was the the stage in the club. They actually had the monitor board setting on the stage, and it was at about chest level. And that's where the guy fooled with it all night long. And right to the right of him was about four or five steps, uh, a little, you know, a stairway uh, that came off of the stage. Right. Where George would come off and then where he had come <clears> on. <throat> so, so when it was, when it was, he did, he stopped loving her, I guess. And good night and God bless you. And we rip into white lightning. And, and so, uh, He's waving to the people, and the sound man, that the monitor man's over there kind of smiling, and I guess he thought, you know, everything's kind of okay now. And Jones came off of those steps, and when he got <laughs> down to the floor, he turned it's and just one. slugged that monitor man in the stomach. And uh, he was kind of a big old boy, but he, yeah. but Jones laid into him, and... Uh, and at that point, Wayne Oliver, whoever was with us, you know, they got George and drug him, yeah. you know, and got him out of the place. And so then, you know, everything was kind of winding down, and the the, the monitor man <laughs> came over there, and 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 um, and he he goes uh, he goes, I don't know why he hit me in the stomach. And I said, I said, look, man, he he was all fucked up. I, I'm sorry. I, I I feel bad. I'm sorry. I said he he's out of his damn mind. And he goes, I I know, I know. And so it just kind of yeah. But golly, those just, monitors would you just never go. knew. Oh he, my god! And that guy told that story for years. You know, he told I, George Jones hit, <laughs> hit me in the damn stomach. Oh man! Oh, he, you know it. And then when we had our own sound people, I mean, he would torture them too at times. You know, it just yeah. Uh, he just, and and one of his it would kill me. He'd and just I'm have not, a hair up his ass. Well, and I'm not a singer, but what he would sometimes do when he would already be mad, he'd be going. He'd, he'd like go say, uh, uh, "I'm just a bartender." 
he just keep getting further and further yeah. away from the mic. Yeah. Just to, just to, you know, just to be an asshole. Right. And, uh, uh, but you know, there were some people though that would come to those shows when he was not in good shape or whatever and they didn't care. Right. Uh, they got to see him and some of them hoped that he would be in, in you know, would be drunk or right. whatever. They wanted to see him, you know, all jacked up. Uh, and sometimes they got their they got their wish. We played down Franklin, Georgia, one night, and <laughs> my dad grew up in uh, central part of Alabama, and it was wasn't far over the the line from Franklin, Georgia. They had a it was an outdoor music park, and it was a nice place. And all those places, especially in the South, they used to always have good food for us uh, after sound check and everything. Right. But anyway, we were down in Franklin, and it's when all of my aunts, my dad had four sisters and lived just over the line in Alabama. And they had seen me once already with George here in Knoxville, actually, uh, at Uncle Sam's Club that oh, used to be out on Alcoa Highway. Yeah, I remember that. It used to be the Senator's Club when I was a little boy. But anyway, the aunts come to uh, Franklin, and we. it was after we were uh, – I don't think we were working with Tammy much, but we were doing that show with her that night, and Jones was smashed. And so now he, was she, just I'm sorry, but were you guys backing her up? No, 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 no. Okay, she no, had, she her, had own. her own band. Yeah, and what would happen? Well, we'll get to the duets here. Yeah, in a yeah. Minute. But uh, but Jones was smashed that night, and uh, he had come out. Uh, if drinking don't kill me, I guess was his his song on the radio at that point. And so he sings it, and he goes, If drinking don't kill me, that goddamn lying bitch's memory will. <laughs> and, of course, and I thought, oh, my God. Here's my four, you know, aunts oh, uh, no. at, at church every Sunday and Wednesday. I mean, yeah. had never had a drink of alcohol in their lives, yeah. I don't think. And I thought, oh, my gosh, George, why in the hell did you pick now to Tonight. So, so, and of course, a lot of the crowd just went ape shit. They oh, loved yeah. it. Oh, of course. So we got through, and I just made a beeline out there to where they were. And um, and um, I walked up, and I said, folks, I, 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 I apologize. <laughs> he and Tammy got into an argument before the show tonight, and I, I, I'm sorry. And they were going, oh, it's okay, Mark. It's okay. You know, it, it was, <laughs> they're just glad to be there. But golly, Franklin, Georgia, I'll always, I'll always remember that. Hey, good guys and good gals alike. If you're looking for somewhere to go to get your hair did, then look no further than the Chop Shop Hair Studio. Our longtime friend and supporter, Cindy Lou, opened this spot located in Knoxville's very own Happy Holler, back in 2010. Chop Shop Hair Studio offers a variety of services including facial waxing, accessories, tools, and a complete line of men's and women's products along with essential oils. A lover and supporter of the musical arts here locally and abroad, Cindy has a small stage with stringed instruments and offers discounts to guests if they are willing to play and or sing a song. Chop Shop Hair Studio is a little bit country, a little bit rock and roll, and 100% pure style, just like our dear friend and owner, Cindy Lou. The hours are Tuesday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. 
You can also visit the Chop Shop Hair Studio.com and or call 865-525-4240 to book your next visit to go and get your hair did. Located at 1206 North Central Street, Knoxville, Tennessee, Chop Shop Hair Studios. Stop by and tell them McGill and Jamie sent you to have one more for the good guys. Okay, we're talking about uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. Golly. I wish you hadn't said that. Well, <laughs> I, got we a, just... I got an ex-wife cruising around down there, I'm afraid. <laughs> My first one. <clears throat> um, okay, yeah. So let's get back to that. Um, so you left 18 uh, because Georgia was just a happening well, spot. Well, well, well. If I had had almonds coming out of well in Macon, if I had had the courage or really more experience, right? I'm sure Macon was where I would have wanted to have gone, right? But I, I mean, man, I I was just so green. I mean, you know, we we'd had little high school bands and stuff, but even that, uh, you know, I just. But I well, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty gutsy thing to do at eighteen. I mean, back then when wheels were square and. You know, you had to talk to people with. Well, at first, man. Pa- uh, what's those pigeons? Carry your pigeons. Yeah, you're old, Mark. That's what I'm trying to well, say. Yeah, yeah. That was. Uh, I'm just. Yeah, teasing. that was '73. Yeah, '73. But I had a buddy that, that we, a guitar player from Maryville, and we went down there and stayed for a little bit, came back, and then I went back by myself. Right. And and uh, I I had another friend from Maryville that was living down there, and so he and I were roommates for a long time. But that's when I started, you know, working. Uh, uh, you know, trying to meet people and stuff, right. and, and met the the first band that I played with. Uh, that uh, then I got they? busted. And, uh, yeah, I don't want to get into the whole. No, 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 no. But no, I, no. and I, no, we're not. I, I got busted, and I came back to Maryland. Yeah. Mother had to fly down oh, and get shit. me out of jail. It yeah, was bad. We're not going into that. It was bad. But I, I, I come back to Maryville, and of and. Uh, you know, I'm out on bond and this and that. Right. There were drug charges. And, yeah. and uh, oh, shit, a couple of times I about got in trouble. And they'd have put me right back in jail yeah. if, if I had. Uh, but but I ended up going back to it. I, I couldn't wait, really, to get back down there, even though, you know, because I was just so excited. About, I was feeling right. that the music deal probably was going to. Right. And so that I, I went back again. And, and that's when things really started taking off for me. Yeah. And, well, uh, and you left. And you left Atlanta when? I and left. Why? I left was there it because of the Jones job, or no, 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 no. Okay. I left there in '78 uh, when me and my first wife split up. Okay, and uh, I had already met the boy. If I don't tell this, it's it's not. I'm gonna have. It's it's not gonna. I started working in a nightclub. When I was married to my first wife, uh-huh. it was the first full-time playing job that I'd had, ever right. had, where I was playing five nights a week, six right. nights a week. And uh, I was painting a, a Days in motel right down below the airport in Forest Park. For some daytime work. Yeah, yeah. And I get this phone call from this fellow named Charles Fincher. Right. And this story's in the book, and it I can't tell it all now. It's a hell of a story. Sure. But uh, I get this call. They're looking for a drummer. And I said, uh, you know, I'll be there tomorrow night. 
and that was my first gig that 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 really got me going. Right. So I'd been there a couple of months, and this guy comes in one you night. You were a pro at this point. Well, shit. Well, no, taking the job because well, you're getting paid yeah, for a living, yeah. right? And I was acting like I knew what the hell I was doing. Of course. We we had sat in at this club one night with this band I was in, and so when I got the job. Uh, that first night, I heard the bass player over there going, "Oh shit, he's good. He's good. Oh, he's right, good." Because right. he remembered me from that night when we were playing our songs and stuff. Right. I didn't know jack shit about country music, <laughs> <laughs> and, and we played five hour sets every night, Monday through Thursday. Oh, hell. On Friday and Saturday, we played nine to three. Oh fuck! Uh, God, time uh, to make but, the donuts. Uh, and and we had a jam session on Wednesdays and Saturdays from yeah. four to seven. Right. And I made a hundred and seventy five dollars a week, and I was fucking thrilled to be getting that. I was being paid to play my drums. You picked, you laid the paintbrush down. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. You thought you know. These drumsticks, they feel so much better in my hand than this damn paintbrush does. You know, it just, but one night this guy comes in and they say, uh, yeah, this, he's going to sit in here in a minute. He, he's, he's from Nashville. And I didn't think much about it. This guy gets up there with the Telecaster. He sounded like Roy Buchanan. Right. I mean, he, he was good. Find out he plays for Michael Twitty, who was Conway Twitty's oldest child. Right. I think Conway had three. From from that from Michael's marriage, but anyway, uh, you think women got pregnant and never had to be around Conway? That like <laughs> just through the radio, or if he walked into a steakhouse, he'd just be like boom 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 boom, and like six women just get pregnant all I of a sudden. I don't know. I don't know. The ladies, what was it? They they liked him. They oh, liked damn. him. But anyway, this this boy Al George. We got to be kind of friends, and he, he came back the next night and sat in again. And what it was, he was from Atlanta, and his wife's mother was from Atlanta, too. Right. And so uh, I guess we exchanged phone numbers or something. And, um, you know, so I, I actually I, I got fired from that gig after about five or six months. It was, I mean, it was a steady gig. Yeah. And they brought this drummer in. Named Richard Rogers, and that's a whole nother story. But, but, yeah, uh, sure. But so a few months later, I got another good house gig, uh, out in Smyrna, out in Cobb County. Was it playing country music yes, as well? Yes, okay. yes, but more rock and roll. Right. Okay. Oh, I, I sang several Skinnerd songs. Oh, in that shit. Band. Yeah, yeah. We, we had a, had a very fun, I've got a good story. Well, fuck, why didn't you ever sing a song with us? I, no, I, I never knew I you will, sang well, Mark. I'm not that good. I well, ain't that good. But, uh, but so, uh, in in the spring of '78, that job ended uh, after a few months, and me and my wife we were split. We were splitting up at that point, right? And uh, and my sister was splitting up with her husband in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And of course, my big sister's always been. You know, if it wasn't for her and my mother, I'd be on the damn chain gang right now. Right. Uh, but when, when, that bush. when Beth and I split up, I said, I'm going to go up to Philadelphia and just hang out with Diana for a little. And, and, right. and she said, come up here if you don't know what you know. I said, I'm getting the hell out of Atlanta. Right. She said, come on up here. And I did for about a year. Played with some, some bands and this and that. And so one night I picked up the, or one afternoon picked up the Philadelphia Inquirer going through the entertainment. Nashville North. Friday night, Michael Twitty. 
Oh, hell. I said, oh, shit, I've got to go over there and <laughs> well, see yeah. if my buddy is, is still. Right. And so me and, a, me and a keyboard player friend of mine went over to this club that was right across the river in New Jersey, the, the Tacone Palmyra Bridge. It was right across. There was a strip club right by the country music place by Nashville North. We went there after we left there. But anyway, uh, we <laughs> walk in the place, <laughs> and Michael Twitty's up there singing and playing. And I look over there. There's my buddy standing there at that Telecaster. And so uh, they finished their set. And I snuck up behind my friend and grabbed him, and he turned around. He goes, what the fuck are you doing in New Jersey? <laughs> and I said, man, it's a long Getting story. ready to go to the strip club. <laughs> so anyway... He said, look, I told him, you know, what had happened. He said, look, you, you you need to come to Nashville. He said, you would love it. Right. He said, you can stay with me for a couple of weeks till you get your feet on the ground. I said, man, I might do it. I might do that. And so uh, so not long after that, I, I came down to Maryville, and Mother let me use the car, and I drove down to Nashville and spent the weekend with Al. And he showed me, you know, around and everything. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, man, I, this, I, I'd like to give it a shot. And he said, we'll, we'll get you a gig. Right. He said, we'll get you a gig. And so, uh, he did some work. Well, cause Michael never worked. Hell, he had money. Right. Daddy took care of him. Sure. I don't bet they did 12 shows a year. You know, and, and so Al was pretty good with electronics, amplifiers. He, he could do electronic repair pretty good. And so, um, there was a music store down on 8th Avenue uh, called O'Donnell Music. And um, that Saturday morning, he said, I, I've got to go down to the store for a little while. And I said, yeah, that, that, that's cool. And so uh, we got down there and went up to the second level where the, where the showroom was and everything. And old boy was standing there, and he introduced me to him. And it was... Uh, it wasn't Jimmy Capps. It was some guitar player. He played the guitar, the lead on uh, Heaven's Just a Sent Away. Oh, shit. <laughs> and mm, and uh, Al told me that. I said, oh, nice to meet you and everything. Yeah. So then, a few minutes later, this this guy came up, big, long hair, curly hair, beard, bushy. And uh, Al said, this this is um, uh, this is Al Woody. He said, Al, this is my friend Mark from Atlanta. He may be moving here. And so later I, I said, now what, what, what's Al do? Yeah. He said, well, he's kind of into jazz stuff and a, kind of a lot of different things. Well, Al was who got the job with uh, the Allman Brothers band uh, in 91. Oh, wow. When they okay. kind of reassembled again and Warren Haynes got with them and everything right. too. And uh, Alan was with them until he, God bless him, he OD'd. No uh, kidding. Yeah, in, in New York, but but he was just the nice. But it was it was you know Alan said I'll you know we'll we'll get you going. Yeah. So a couple you know not long after that, and I'm I mean, and being in that city, for people to know, I mean that's just an everyday kind of thing if you go to the right places. Yeah, and, right and it was thing, so different back know. in too. But I sure. mean you know there was no internet, there were no cell sure, phones, right. there was no nothing. Right. There was nothing. You had to be, you know, and, and <laughs> carrier pigeons. So when I finally got back, down, this. <laughs> when I finally got back down there, uh, when I moved, when I Cinderella. moved to Al's house, when I left Pennsylvania, came back, took all my shit to Nashville. Uh, 
Oh, we went with Michael down to Mississippi to do a gig. I, I'm not even going to get into that one right now, but it's a damn, it's a good one. You, you'll like that one. Is but, it in the book? Hell yes. <laughs> hell yes, it's in the book. Okay. But, but when I got back down there, we were at the music store one morning, one Saturday morning again. Right. And, um, and you're how old now? Roughly. 23, maybe? Yeah. So four, still just. Three, four. Three, maybe. Uh, and so somebody at the store that worked at the store said, Hey, a Carball Man's looking for a drummer. And uh, Al said, Who? And the guy said, Carball Man. He's an artist around town. He's going to be out at Springwater tonight. You ought to go out there. Springwater was a club out by Centennial Park, okay. which is the oldest, which is the oldest honky tonk in Tennessee. It's the okay. oldest bar in Tennessee, they right. say. But anyway, we went out there that night, and uh, and uh, I met this guy, Carball Man was his name, C-A-R-B-A-U-G-H, and he was from Chattanooga. Wow. Good singer, had some good original songs, this yeah. and that, and so they, they let me get up and sit in. And had a gig. Y- yeah, and uh, i tell you who was playing with him that night was a guy named Ray Flack. Yeah. He was a hell of a guitar player. Yeah, but Ray was sitting in. I know that name. Where do I know da- and, that name And Dave from? Pomeroy was playing bass. Yeah, da- yeah. Dave cool. was Don Williams' bass player. Yeah. And, then- and he's president of the Musicians Union for the last 20 years down yeah. there. But anyway. Where's the other name from, though? Where uh, Ray Flack. Yeah, I know Ray that- played with uh, Ricky Skaggs. Okay, yeah. Uh, so Pomeroy also came from like bluegrass backgrounds. So. I don't know about that. Yeah. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But he was with Don Williams. Yeah. When I when I met him then. But makes sense. Him and Ray Flack might have been together because yeah, with Skag stuff and. But I mean, though, in, in Springwater, you know, Marshall Chapman might walk in the yeah, next month. Yeah, I mean, sure. you know, Dave Olney, uh, Steve Earl. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just you, you did back then. It Dave, was just Pam Tellis. I mean, everybody. We were just everybody was just friends and yeah. stuff. Just uh, you know. It was just such a so we get through and Carball's over there talking to us and Al got my my buddy he goes well you gonna use him or what and, and <laughs> Carball said yeah yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna use him I'm gonna use him and so we started rehearsing pretty soon and yeah the next thing you know I was, I was doing gigs with Carball and hell we went to Okeechobee Florida and then went to. Wow. You know, we went to all kinds of, went to Biloxi, Mississippi. Did you have a, a standing gig there in town? No, or? no, yeah. no. And see, I think Carball had money from his family, maybe, right. I don't know. And But when we when we kind of split up, I never saw him or heard of him for years. Yeah, the, the, the last I had, but this is kind of cool, too. One of the, he he had demoed a few songs and where he had done them, was down at this little studio across from the Hall of Fame that I guarantee you was smaller than this building we're in right now. And it was Harold Shedd's uh, music mill, uh, the original music mill. And uh, Harold was who produced Alabama. Oh, there and you had, go. had had produced, you know, some of that early stuff on them before they really hit it big. Right. Well, he produced Carball's three songs. Okay. And, and we went down there one night to do something. So, you know... Fast forward, you know, he makes a damn gazillion dollars and builds this beautiful new music mill studio with a right. with a water wheel and everything, you know, up on Music Row. Yeah. And, you know, Harold hits the big time. I run into him one night. Of course, this is years later. 
I said, Harold, you probably don't remember me, but I, I played drums for Carball Man for a little while. And he goes, Heart of Janie, which was the name of one of Carball's songs. Oh, wow. I said, it's a good song. What? He said, hell, yes, it was a good song. No kidding. He said, Carball had some pretty good stuff. I said, he did. He did. But, you know, just because of the way things happened. I'm going to I'm gonna try never, to look that. I'm going to try to look him up. You won't find you anything. You can't find no, anything. No, 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 nothing. No, no. But but this is this is... He never yeah. released anything, or no, no. But that's but a he, shame. He did, Wonder how though, many guys like that were there. Millions. You know what I mean? Millions. I mean, there's somebody right now going down the interstate yeah. to Nashville. Yeah, that's better than Eric Clapton will ever be. Right. But we'll never hear of him. Right. He, yeah. he 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 won't get that gig. Yeah. You know, with with whoever. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the whole Broadway thing. Compared to when I was, you know. Oh, yeah. When, oh, you'll like this one. That that Man, night I came you down. Can't, you can't. I dare you to go on Broadway and hear anything but a fucking Journey song or an Aerosmith cover. Well, I mean, you you, you hear it all. It's but, just But like, let me tell you, though, that, yeah, yeah. that night when Al, when Good, I when I came I down for my visit. Turn ugly there. When, when I came down to see if this was, you know, that I wanted to move here or not. Right. And Al, was, we went downtown. Uh, we go in Tootsie's, yeah, and a, a solo guy had finished a little bit earlier. This was a Friday night. They had no band. There was no band that night. Right. Uh, the the Ryman around the corner was padlocked. Uh, yeah. They didn't use it for anything. No. Uh, across the street, Ernest Tubbs Record Shop was open, and the old Merchants Hotel would have a band sometimes. Yeah. The Demons Den down on the corn on the corner. W- would sometimes have a band. Was the Bluegrass Inn going then with Hubert yeah, Davis and yeah, all that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but uh, it, it, it was just such a tourist. They didn't go down to, yeah. to Lower Broadway. Well, no, it, it was not a safe place, really. Oh, shit, no. At that point. I mean, Printer's Alley, for Christ's sakes, well, right he, around the, you know, you know. And, and, and that's where Ron Gaddis was playing bass that night. Al and I went in there. I said, man, that's the most charismatic son of a bitch I've ever seen in my life. Right. What a voice. What charm. Yeah. What, I said, this guy's a damn. And I mean, he was looking at me as he was singing. A, he was doing Back on My Mind Again, that yeah. old Ronnie Millsap Boy, song. Well, that's a good one. And we we walked out, and Al said, everybody here in town, they're all good like that. Right. He said, Friday night, there'll be five guys get together and yeah. play four hours down at the American Legion, and they'll be better than the best band in yeah. your hometown. And I started to see, you know, what he was talking about. Hell, yeah. it was true. And, and you had and, the station in. Yeah. But that was yeah, plumb across yeah. the river, and that was a bad yeah. part of town, oh, yeah. too. The Bluegrass Inn was down there near Elliston Place, yeah. best I remember. Yeah. The man Dickie Betts went over there one yeah. night. Oh, Hubert uh, Davis, left-handed banjo oh, yeah. player. and the seasoned travelers. Yeah, and they put on a fucking show, man. Yeah. Hubert I tell you who was, the shit out of that banjo, man. When Dickie and I went over there one night, uh, it's the first night I met Dickie. He was in the gold rush, and nobody was talking to him or anything. Right. Dickie Betts of the Almond Brothers. I just walked up to him, and I had on a Jones T-shirt. I said, man, I'm George Jones' drummer. I said, you're, you're one of my idols. And uh, he said, you want to go over here and see Hubert? And I said, yeah, and we got in a Trans Am with a buddy of his, <laughs> and he had some damn, he uh-huh. had some refreshments. <laughs> Holy mackerel. That, uh, but we got over there, and Sam Bush was sitting in with Hubert. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, yeah, uh, crazy man. But it, it was just—it was such a cool town back then. That when it, you know, but, and here's my idea, and maybe this can help get it out. Uh, I, I double dog dare anybody in Hollywood to to get the Chili Peppers or get you know whoever uh, uh, Brad Paisley, whoever, and and say, folks, we're going to do it in 1980. You'll have no telephone. You know, right. there'll be no internet. There'll be no, you can call back home when we get to a truck stop if yeah. the bus needs fuel, yeah. or you can call back home when we get to the hotel. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, and if we're driving from here to Minneapolis, yeah, that's... you won't talk to anybody back home probably until. Uh-uh. And, and you know, in the morning we'd go down to the front desk and get the USA Today. Yeah. That was our internet right there. Yeah, sure. That was our damn internet. Sure, right print there. media was a big. And, and I doubled all. I, you, you know, could could a band today do it? Could they damn do it? No, I don't. I mean, they probably could, but they wouldn't do it the way they wanted to. They wouldn't be happy? No, hell no. But just, you no, know, no and, Facebook, no nothing. No nothing. Well, hell, you couldn't even, you probably couldn't even fucking get hired. You could probably dig up Elvis and Hank Williams and they fucking wouldn't hire you. I mean, you know? I was talking I mean, to t- the way I played back then. Uh, shit. Nobody today would hire me. Right. I wouldn't get a damn. But you know, <laughs> but, but you got to think though, me and Biff that played for Merle and, and W.S. Holland that played for Cash and Richie Albright that played right, for Waylon. Yeah. You know, we weren't, we weren't college. We weren't music no. school drummers. No. We weren't. didn't know anything about molar technique. We, we, yeah. we, we were all self-taught, you know, just just old boys. Yeah, and and George never understood. That's why all those guys' records sounded so good because yeah. they used their bands. I'm not saying we were as sure, good as those right. bands, but we could have done some of that stuff. Hello, music lovers. Campbell's Music Room Guitars was opened and founded by our longtime friend Kyle Campbell back in 2017. If you're a beginner or a seasoned pro, you're always needing something. From strings, picks, or maybe a repair to your trusty instrument. Campbell's Music Room Guitars has a full line of all the stringed instruments. New and pre-owned, accessories, pedals, amplifiers, and here's the best part. It's a local, family-owned business where you will get the very best of sales and service from the owner himself. Campbell's Music Room Guitars has something for everyone. Did we mention that he also gives private lessons? Kyle is one of Knoxville's most multi-talented players and teachers with many years of professional teaching experience. Located at 5103 Kingston Pike, open Tuesday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Give Kyle a call at 865-584-0041 or stop by and tell him, McGill and Jamie sent you, and you wanted to have one more for the good guys. At some point, you know, it was, you know, everybody likes to say that it's sold out now or it's this and it's, it's always been a fucking machine. Oh, yeah. Let's not, oh, get, yeah. Let's not oh, be yeah. silly. Oh, yeah. Make no mistake uh, about that. And a lot that. of people don't get that. Even people that are in the music uh, business, that and some folks I know, they talk about it, and I'm like, yeah, but they've been fucking pressing records down there a long fucking time, and they've had a system to it, and that's the way it's going to okay. be. Yeah. 
And um, now, George had enough. He had enough clout in eighty three, eighty four, where he could have gone to Billy Sherrill. Oh, I, I think, absolutely! And say, hey, Billy, let's try the boys one time, yeah. and if it doesn't work. But I think part of that was Jones too. Right. Jones, he didn't like sharing. Yeah. Anything with any? I mean, I don't mean it. it no, sounds terrible. Well, you're just but, you know he's the damn star. Stating the truth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In 1956, he was the star. Yeah. You know uh, the the Jones boys. You know, yeah. there's been a bunch of them uh, come and go, but but back back still pre internet, pre phones and everything. Yeah. You'll we were in uh, New York and we're going to do a TNN special. Us, Ray Charles, Mickey Gilly, every damn body, bunch yeah. of damn people. And so we went up and and we were staying at the Waldorf Astoria. I there spent two nights at the damn I can say I stayed Fucking at the, a. At the good damn for you, man. That's one but more so, for the good guys right, right there. We get over there for rehearsal at Radio City Music Hall. You know, I was going to you know, I was yeah. just blown away by that. Yeah. You know, the fucking Rockettes and every, you know. So we get out there for rehearsal, and uh, Jones wasn't in a good mood anyway. Right. And, and he just, he, you know, he wasn't feeling or whatever. And so uh, we get out there and kind of, we try to start the rehearsal, and the, the stage manager, he goes, look, George, what, what we're going to do, get right over here on this square. It was about a four foot by four foot square and it would go down below the stage. Right. And then when the when they brought him on, right. he would bring him up out of the ground. Right. You know, a very dramatic yeah, uh, yeah. entry. He goes, Yeah, George, we'll uh, uh, you know, we'll bring you up out of the out of the pit, out of the Oh no. And Jones goes, No, no, we're we're not doing that shit. <laughs> and, <laughs> and and he gets his guitar and we go through a couple of songs and everything. So then we get back over to the dressing rooms and he and Ricky Skaggs, uh, Skaggs was blowing up. Oh shit. By, I mean, day yeah. by day, bigger. And Epic was giving Ricky a lot of attention. I guarantee And George, you, you know, was on Epic too. And, and I guess he it was kind of, he at, was at pulling off point, all those old, uh, bluegrass classics. Oh, Highway 40 and, Blues, Highway 40 and I'm Blues just a country, country boy. That, you know, it was uh, Martin Parker was playing drums for him. Well, he was yeah. the entertainer of the year, right? Oh, yeah. But so anyway, we get over to the to the dressing room, and there's a deli tray or something. And oh, Clyde, no. <laughs> Clyde Phillips, our guitar player, he goes to George, he goes, well, Ricky's tray is bigger than ours is. Oh, and, oh my God. <laughs> Was he, Jones, just a, was he a dummy and just said it, or was he trying to egg the old man on? I think he's trying to egg him on. Yeah, yeah. But but Jones just, oh, no. uh, he just, he just kind of said, let's go. And we went back to the Waldorf, got our stuff, went to the airport, got a flight to Vancouver, Canada. Holy shit. And, and started in Vancouver and came across the country. And we just blew the show just completely. So uh, fuck New know, York Yeah, City. fuck you. I'm not fuck doing Fuck Radio it. City Music Hall. And, and you know, and there was nothing. We, you know, we were disappointed and everything. Oh but, my god! Yeah, that's just How the heartbreaking. Dumb, that's just the way. Uh, and you know, him and Skaggs, I never could really tell. Do they really like each other, or do they? Uh, I don't know. You know, it was. Uh, he opened for us one night, and and I think Oklahoma City, really? right when he when Ricky really just was, yeah, kind of getting out there. Of course, everybody was saying, you know, he's going to be. You know, he's going to be big. He's, yeah, you know, he's well, I mean. Big. And he was, you know. He uh, was traditional as they came and then crossed the crossed no. the board. You know, he wasn't really a, you know, he wasn't really a partier. Or, no. You know, he. he uh, Picky Ricky. 
you know, it's it's kind of like, uh, well, it's not really, but I I, I heard uh, that Dwight Yoakam said uh, they were talking about uh, Graham Parsons, and <laughs> and Dwight said it's it's hard to be a country singer when you when you got a trust fund coming in every year. And they said, you know, when Graham was out oh, there yeah. with with the you know with the with the birds and all those guys, that he got fifty five thousand dollars a year from his family in Florida. They had citrus uh, orchards and stuff. That's how Graham's family made their money. But uh, you know that fifty five thousand oh god, that's a lot of damn money oh, in nineteen seventy. Oh yeah, uh, well, seventy one, the year you were born. What, what would so, that be now? You know, I mean. But you know, two the, or three hundred thousand. Some yeah. of those, some of those band uh, uh, album covers, you know, where they got the nudie suits on yeah. and everything. You know, Graham was just spending money. Yeah. You know, they'd take limos out to Joshua Tree, you know, for photo shoots and stuff. And, but he was just such a he was a genius, you know. Yeah. He was a genius, whether he was a spoiled rich kid or not. He, he just. Uh, well, I mean, His for nobody mind. that knows, the way to make a million dollars in the music business is to start with two, yeah. right? Yeah. You, you know, go. so there you go. I mean, uh, there's there's artists that are relevant right now today that a lot of people think a lot of things about um, that you know went out and got second mortgages and shit and just decided to bet on themselves and they made it. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. And if it wouldn't have worked, then oh well, I got to find some way of making the payment. And Sturgill Simpson being one of those guys that's out there doing it right now. But yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? Are you kidding me? You get nudie I mean, to make you a suit. You're out here. You're. I mean, you know. Um, go hey, we I, we don't have time. We're not going to do it today. But I know you want me to tell some Vern Gosden stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you love but, him so much. But once again, let's go back to the birds, you know. Yeah. Dumbass Vern and, and Rex, yeah. his brother, you know, they were out there. Then. Yeah. And that's where, of course, Vern got the idea for using that E-string vendor. Yeah. Telly. And, and Vern's, it wasn't worth a shit. Every time he'd hit that thing, <laughs> it'd, be, it'd be out of tune the rest of the night. Right. And, and Vern, I, you know, at, at times he was... Almost as good as George or Merle, I yeah. guess, at times. But, buddy, when he would go off, when he would miss a note and stuff. Oh, yeah. Out in front of everybody and stuff. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. It, it was not good. It was but, not good. Oh, he could damn. Oh, he could damn. When Ron and Lori. And when, he couldn't take it, I imagine. Well, he just. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, he would. He couldn't take it in the sense that he'd turn on everybody else that no, he was no, fucking no, up or he no, didn't give a shit. No, no. He, he, he just. He was just so damn. We don't have time yeah, tonight. Yeah. Well, we, well, here's the deal. So, um, so you let you left there, and you started playing for George at what age? Twenty four, I think. Okay, so you'd been in town a year, twenty three or twenty four. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hit a good lick. I, I was yeah. there one year basically, yeah. and got the gig with Jones. Right. So, and and matter of fact, well, it's a long story getting up to that after yeah. Carball. Right. Uh, Boots Hill, who was a drummer. <laughs> Boots got me some very important gigs. Right. And, um, man, we're going to have to do this again. We, we totally will. Yeah. And I'm, I'm getting this to a point here because I want to come back and, and let everybody know that will be listening uh, to this about, uh, about a thing or two. But, uh, so, yeah, you're there a year or so. 
uh, and you work with Jones between the years of uh, eighty and the end of eighty six. Okay, so six years, seven years, seven years on the road with uh, with Jones, and um, you're faking it till you make it, and you're making it. <laughs> now you're faking it till you break it. Well, uh, and we'll get yeah. back to that. But okay, so earlier we were talking about the book. Now a lot of people probably don't know what the fuck we're talking. What they talking about? You know, I didn't know they had books back then, but. Maybe they didn't. They wrote on tablets. Don't judge Mark. But listen, he's got a book coming out, for Christ's sakes. Uh, when did you start? You you said it earlier. It was like 2016? I, I, I think it was 2012. 2012. I, I okay. 2012. I was only and, you know, off by four and, and it years. Was just, it was all these stories that right. like I've been telling today. And through the years, people would say, man, you need to write that stuff down. Right. And so I finally realized, you know, I do need to write that right. stuff down. So you just made a consorted effort of... Oh shit! Of just yes. just to start writing something down. Is it yeah. like a collection of stories, or is it an autobiography mostly, or what? What's the t- is it? You, it's it's memoirs. It's, it's I mean, it's a lot. Me. Yeah. It's not a lot of personal stuff because I wanted to make it mainly music. Right. Uh, there's some personal stuff, but it's just what I choose to put in there. Yeah. Uh, but it is mainly, and yeah, I mean, it does start with me pretty young. I mean, I knew I wanted to be a drummer when I was four years old. Okay. Well, uh, and what? Why? Well, part of it was the Star Spangled Banner. No shit. Yeah, when the snare drums would kick it off at the yeah, beginning, yeah, yeah. it just tore my ass up. I just no I, shit. Yeah, and Mother had a, a laundry detergent. Uh, she had a, a laundry Salute detergent up. container made out of thick cardboard, and it was either cheer or all, uh-huh. and. Uh, the detergent was long gone, but I turned it over, and it was it was deep. And I got Tinker Toys and put put you know the the round ones on the sticks, right? Like mallets. It had, it had the most wonderful sound. <laughs> and and I, I from our front yard, I could see the the flag over at Maryville College up on top of the administration building, and I'd sit out there in the front yard with that with that little drum. And and look at the flag, and I'd pretend, you know, it was I was kicking off the Star Spangled Banner. Wow! But, uh, and then I'd watch I Love Lucy, and every time Ricky Ricardo said, "Honey, I'm going down to the club," I thought that's the coolest shit. I I, uh-huh. I want to go to the damn club, right? Or he'd go, "Lucy, I'm going to rehearsal," and I thought, "Damn, that's what I want to <laughs> be a damn musician." That's that's the, how about and, that? And that really is, you know, I knew what I wanted to do, right? Um, well, good for you, man. You know, and I and then you know when I got my first set of drums, I was thirteen. You know, soul music was big. I, right. I loved Otis Redding and yeah. everything out of Memphis. But then at the same time, I mean, I loved rock and roll too. That's a whole and, other. And then when Hendrix, you know that 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 was. Uh, I don't. And then three people... years later, I, Dwayne Allman came into my life. Yeah, and that's what did it right there. I don't that's... think people know how just just real quick, but in my opinion. I don't think people know how important Memphis was. Oh shit! And probably still is oh, in to a lot of ways to everything. To everything. Yeah. To yeah. fucking everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, ZZ Top cut one of their albums there too. Yeah. Uh, at Ardent, I think. Yeah. Was that the one they did the uh, the Sam and Dave the Thank You? It may be. It may be. That it may have been some inspiration for that. But at any rate. Uh, yeah, well, that's that's funny you say that because I, I think about a I think about a thing that I watched one time and uh, I had a DVD of it and I I don't know where the hell it's at now but uh, you were talking about Don Williams earlier and um, the fellow who played with him Pomeroy 
Dave Pomeroy. Right, Pomeroy. And um, there, it, evidently, you know, uh, Don Williams was a huge thing over in uh, Af- in Africa. I've heard that before. Yeah, yeah, and there, I had this DVD that was live from Africa with Don really? Williams. Wow. Fucking A, man. And uh, he's walking up the streets. I don't know where they're at. That maybe Zimbabwe. I think that's where the concert was from. So, but I don't know where this scene. It, yeah. Probably Zimbabwe. But they're walking up the street, and they would have like a Don Williams Day parade and shit. Wow, you know, for Don Williams. Yeah. Uh, so they're walking up the street, and they there's this blind uh, guy. And then another guy, and the the blind guy's playing this guitar. Maybe it may have two strings on it. I mean, it's yeah. very, very, yeah. very primitive. Yeah, two strings, and he's blind, and is singing while the other guy's on percussion. And yeah. it's like soup cans and yeah. paint cans, you know. Uh, and they're doing "My Best Friend." Wow, and it's just fucking unbelievable, you know. That's probably, Don Williams probably was one of the greatest concerts I ever got to go to as a fan. It was that every time a chorus came, it was the crowd. They were singing Don Williams to Don Williams. And it was that way from the first song he performed to the to the end of the night. And he'd just stop and just look around and just be like, you know, he just was smiling. Cool. He, was, he was cool, dude. You know. He was cool. But even but, once again, uh, that's, a, that's a good example, though. Of why back then country was the way it was back then was because Don did not sound like George. No. And George did not sound like Willie. And Willie did not sound like Waylon. Hence, and, 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 you know, our drop in about AI. Uh, well. I mean, this, this new shit where, where they exaggerate their drawl, their song. Oh, it makes me want to puke. Oh, I just, uh, you know, I don't get it, man. And let's, let's, no, let's, let's not leave. We're not on doing that. it. We're let's not, not doing it. Hey, so, let's leave on a good, funny story. Okay. So, and, I've got and I'm going to get us there okay. and I'm going to leave you okay. with it. Okay? okay. So, uh, if you don't know, uh, Mark and I have been friends for a long, long time. And of course, with Jamie as well. But, uh, this is the, you know, the inaugural edition of the podcast. Uh, one more for the good guys, live from the honky tonk, whatever the fuck we're going to name it. I'm not sure right yet, but, um, it, it's just, we live in such a, a rich place and, and, and during our travels and during our times playing music of all of our years, we've got to meet so many good folks. So, all of that being said, Mark will have a new book coming out very soon. He's been working on it for um, probably since we met. 10 or 11 years, he said. Yeah. And um, so as soon as we know something about it, we'll uh, we'll get it out to you all. And um, Definitely need to get Mark to do an audio version of it. I was going to ask because him about that. We we can we can really get that done, and because he, the story, yeah, the stories are one thing, but the way he tells the story, yeah, absolutely. Well, really, a a, a, a real a comedian um, friend or not friend. I don't know him. I feel like I do, but um, Joey Diaz. Uh, he's got a podcast, the uh, oh, jo- yeah. Uncle Joey's Joint. But he just came out with a new book. Yesterday or today, I believe, and it's called Tremendous, and it's the life of a comedy savage. So if you've got, if you want to get it out there, um, buy the audio, buy both versions. It's going to be tremendous as its title. But uh, if you want to really 
have a good time uh, by the audio version because yeah. the way Joey tells a story, it's it's uh, it's tremendous. But are you going to do an audio version of your the, book? I am. I am good. I am good. And uh, are you going to read it? Uh, probably. Yeah, yes, I, would. I think probably. you should. Absolutely. That's what, that's what think, Wayne Bledsoe told me. The to, I absolutely. Wayne said you. And Wayne's such a good one. Well, and he, a good he guy. said when he reads my stuff, yeah, that he hears me talking right as he reads it. And sure. So I. Uh, but uh, no, I, I, folks, I had to step away. Uh, as you get older, uh, liquids are not your friend. <laughs> Brought to you by Flomax. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, man, I, I appreciate you having me out here today. Oh man, you're more than welcome. Been a privilege I, and, a, and I, a pleasure. I appreciate you being here, and uh, you we'll know, do it again. when you come back, and and you will come back, right? I will. All right. I will. Uh, I've got you on. I've got you on record now. Okay. You can't back well, out of it. And 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 the book will be out at that point. Yes. But I'm I'm gonna end with one story that just kind of. Yes. I hadn't forgotten it. Well, we're I, we're on the ground floor here, so hopefully when you do come back, you'll have the new book, and this place will look like it's. Hey, it's, like it's all I, good. Like it's I want good. it. I like so. it. I like it. But uh, like it. tell us one more good okay. one before okay. you go. Richie Albright, Waylon Jennings, a drummer Man. and producer. Richie and I became pretty good friends through the years. And a guy who, real quick, not to interrupt, but a guy who has got his own fucking beat named after him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty, I mean, he, pretty he, important. He's he, one of those guys. If you he, don't know about him, you he, should find out he about was Richie big Albright. And in, in, in bringing drums into yes. country music, basically. Absolutely. But uh, go ahead, Mark. Sorry. But Richie said that uh, in '76, when the 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 wanted the Outlaws album came out. With Luke and Bot Texas, I mean that was what blew the Outlaws. Oh, absolutely! Oh, yeah. Movement yeah. wide ass open, and they did you know a zillion shows together, just Waylon and Willie, just everywhere, and you know just scores of them. And so Richie said one night, uh, somebody from Willie's bunch came up and uh, and said, uh, "Hey, can you uh, can you play with us tonight? Paul's not going to be able to make it." And Paul English was uh, yeah. Willie Nelson's drummer for decades. It's been rough decades. and rocky traveling. And so uh, Richie said, I just I, I thought Paul was probably sick or something. I, I said, of course, yeah, I'll, I'll be glad to. So after the gig was over at night, he uh, he said, is Paul doing okay? And one of them said, uh, oh, hell, but Paul's fine. He was fucking some old girl, and her husband was going to come down here and kill him tonight. Oh, shit. <laughs> And Richie goes, well, hell, I, I hope he knew what the fuck he looked like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said, Richie, that, that uh, uh, but he, he said those those outlaw days. That's great. When that stuff was first. Uh, uh, well, and he's the one that flushed the cocaine. Uh, Richie was. Oh, yeah. In the story Take with, uh, with yeah, Waylon, yeah. 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 When they busted, uh, when 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 Waylon singing through the nose got him busted by the man, yeah, in New York, I believe. I think it was in New York too. Well, there was one in Nashville. Okay, reason, maybe I've got it wrong. Uh, well, there, I know there was a rest there because his lawyer was Tom Binkley, who became George's lawyer. Okay, who became my lawyer. Right, <laughs> he did my divorce. And, okay, and it was a, but but Richie was, uh, you know, Richie was the real deal. Yeah. You know, he he just he he got burned real badly when he and Waylon had a falling out uh, around eighty four or something. 
and and Waylon did a, a record with uh, Dan Musto playing drums. Uh-huh. Dan, I think, was a, a Knoxville guy originally, but but they they parted, and um, but Richie got real badly burned in an accident down on his farm, and uh, I went to see him in the, down at Franklin at the hospital, and uh, he said, "Bring a couple of your little friends with you." And I knew what he meant. Yeah, yeah. So I rolled up a couple of doobies before we went down there. Yeah. So I go up to his hospital room, and he tells the nurse, we're, we're going to walk around for a little bit. And so we walked, and it was the old Franklin Hospital or county. I forgot what they called it. Right. It's probably not even there anymore. But about 30 yards from the main entrance, there was like one of those little concrete benches. And we just went over and sat on that bench and, and smoked a joint. <laughs> uh, and, and then he went back up to the room. And, <laughs> It, it was, it, it was, uh, Richie was a damn, they broke the mold on him. Uh, but I tell you what, it, it. He was with Waylon for years, wasn't he? Forever. Yeah. Forever. I mean, he started in 61, right. I think in Phoenix with him. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it was a, once again, it was just a different time. Yeah. It was just a different, different time. Well, uh, man, uh, we've had a really, really good time. I love you. Love you too, Michael. And uh, Jamie, good always, seeing you. Yes, sir. You've always been a really good friend to me and kind, and uh, you gave me advice when I needed it, and you mm. straightened me out every once in a while Shit, when I, I needed it that. too. <laughs> well, you jerked a knot in my ass a time or you two. You not want advice from me. <laughs> but uh, I just appreciate you for being you, and uh, thanks for coming out. Man, um, I, I appreciate Hey, you you helped me out greatly when I first started to, to want to start playing again. And well, if, old, old brother JC on. And yeah, how about that? He said, "You know Mike McGill." I, I met this I guy said, through nah. a Craigslist ad, through, or JC did, and yeah. then JC introduced us. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I went, really see, was. I went twenty years without playing. I did. I didn't. You know, yeah, I, just, I didn't play when my son was growing up. I was busy as a right. as a dad. Right. And um, and uh, yeah, I've been there. Done it's that. all good. Uh, it's all good. There. We're going to do this again, right? Absolutely. Okay. Folks, we love you. Love you. Cheers. Be kind to one another, and uh, that's one more for the good guys. You either is or you ain't. You do or you don't. You can or you can't. Or you will or you won't. Either way, baby, a good man. Well, he's hard to find.